This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And want to apologize to any of our radio listeners last night. We totally spaced out and forgot to uh, to give away the to- the sack. But never fear, we will do another uh, sack giveaway sometime this week. So stay tuned to that. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about here tonight. Mark, you're going to start things out with an email. Yeah, um, I, this one's from uh, David. And he says, I was just listening to the conversation on the uh, show where Gene, the Christian anarchist, said that the government is not slavery. It's extortion. I think the problem with the uh, disagreement, and we were, you know, talking about this, trying to find out what the what is the best word to sort of eloquently describe what the government does. And he says, he "Thuggery." Goes, What's that? Thuggery. <laughs> I think the problem with the disagreement is that you guys were trying to fit this definition of what government does into the words that we already have definitions for. Sure. While slavery and extortion work to describe the actions of government, they don't describe it completely. Well, slavery doesn't describe the action of government. Perhaps enslavement would describe the action of government. Uh, extortion certainly does. Slavery is what uh, the state that we are in, not the the actions of the, the state. Right, and um, I think that I was I think I was listening uh, I was listening to some radio show today, and they were describing the uh, the sort of bonded indentured servitude that was going on amongst the um, the Israelites in Egypt as outlined by the Bible, and I think it was ten percent or twenty percent of uh, what it was that they produced they had to give to the uh, the Egyptians, and they called that slavery. Um, well, we're well beyond that now. And yeah, way beyond like 40, 50, 60 percent. I mean, depending on what you where your estimates lay. So, I mean, slavery uh, has been defined many different ways, many different places. Um, You know, it's it's just it's different. Uh, Certainly slavery, uh, as David will go on here to say, is that when people think of the word slavery, they are likely to have the idea in their head of chattel, chattel slavery. Um, since government isn't so open about it, they um, can they can see that it doesn't quite fit, and certainly it doesn't. We none of us are sitting in shacks. Um, no. We are not dressed in rags. We are not forced uh, at by at the uh, you know the end of a whip to go out and uh, work in the field. Um, but we do have our labor extracted from us in uh, some manner or another. So, um, and we, you know, they, they claim that you're not allowed to leave. It's a 21st century slavery, really, is what it is. Well, of course it's different. I mean, wealth has increased, technology has uh, gotten better, and the the plantation is, is larger. It's less obvious uh, that you're actually on a plantation. But if you're having your wealth extracted from you, and if you'll be thrown in a cage if you decide to not go along with that wealth extraction program, then you do have a master, and that would make you a slave. So he says, um, he continues, when they think of the word extortion, they think of the robber with a gun in your face saying, give me your money. Since the government isn't so open about that either, they can see that it doesn't quite fit as well. Um, I propose that we call it what it really is, tyranny. And then he, of course, gives us the definition of tyranny, the arbitrary or unrestrained exercise of power, despotic abuse of authority. But 
uh, David, this do, this definition doesn't work for everyone either. Because when you hear tyranny, they think of all kinds of dictatorships right. and despotism uh, from around the world. Sure, not but, here in America. It couldn't happen here. Right. When um, and what's the is it uh, who who who's uh, Upton Sinclair? Their definition. I can't remember who it was. Uh, when tyranny comes to America, it'll come uh, bearing across and wrapped in the flag. I think that was Sinclair Lewis. Sinclair, Sinclair Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. yeah, I got that wrong. Upton Sinclair did the jungle. Um, but, you know, it's it's very much true. We do have tyranny in this country. We don't have tyranny as bad as they do elsewhere. And so if you use the terminology tyranny, the first thing that people want to do is compare it. And comparatively, the tyranny in America isn't as bad as it is in other places. Well, read the, read the definition of tyranny one more time, please. It says the arbitrary or unrestrained exercise of power. Despotic abuse of authority. Okay, yeah, I was thinking, well, it's certainly, it's a little restrained, but it is definitely arbitrary. So since it's arbitrary or unrestrained, it's, I guess this current situation does fit the definition of tyranny because there's some restraint in that they still sort of pretend like they have a system that functions, uh, that, that adheres to some rules. So it's restrained in that way, but it is completely arbitrary. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's... You know, they, they, you'll see every once in a while, just just often enough to keep the the slaves from revolting. They'll come up with a uh, some ruling that sort of pushes government back. The it's the you know twenty three steps forward, one step back, and then you know they do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And each time the steps get longer and larger. So you know I don't I just don't know what there is to to do about it. And uh, you know I'm, to do about tyranny the tyranny i as far oh, as the we've talked about go, what to do about it i mean we know what to do get as many liberty-minded people together in the same place and uh, then we'll see we'll see what happens yeah something's going to change something will something's going to happen some people would tell you that uh, what's going to happen is going to be something bad nuclear attack <laughs> rolling in tanks well uh, or you know agent provocateurs and uh, agents provocateur can handle those aren't a problem because all those guys do is come in and start agitating for violence so it's easy to figure out who the agents provocateur are uh that, that i don't think they'll be a problem at all unless you are prone to that particular message and you'll you'll get violent when someone suggests it at least around here in Ke- uh, Keene, new hampshire where we've got our little moniker of peaceful evolution that we've applied to freekeen.com if somebody comes into this community of uh, of activists and starts agitating for violence red flags are going up everywhere yeah, I mean, it, people have come here and not even necessarily agitated for violence and have set up, set off some red flags just by how boisterous they were mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And, and then they mysteriously disappeared a couple weeks later. So uh, maybe it's happened already and we don't, you know, we don't know for sure. I don't get, I, I can't I don't see get how paranoid. it hasn't, uh, quite honestly. Right. I don't get paranoid about it, though, right. because it's going to happen. Yeah. So just expect it to happen. And when it does, you know how to handle it. You don't get violent. You don't follow their suggestions. You say, well, look, uh, I don't want you, I don't really feel comfortable with you suggesting those things. We uh, support peaceful evolution. Peaceful means toward voluntary ends. And if you want to keep agi- uh, agitating for this violence, then I-, I will be ostracizing you. You know, I think they should. I'm, I'm, I'm shortening what the conversation should be, but I think that if you're in a group of activists, whether it's here in New Hampshire or down wherever you might happen to live, uh, and somebody comes in and starts agitating for violence, the appropriate thing is to to try to show them that that's not the way to get what you want. Which, if what you want is a uh, a free society, that's not the way to get it because violence only begets violence. It plays right into their hands. It's exactly what the statists want. It's exactly what they're trained to deal with. 
and there's no reason whatsoever to go down that road. But it's understandable that people would want to do that because, well, you know, that's kind of the history of this country is violent revolution, and uh, they believe that it's time time to do it again. But well, I, I disagree. One thing that uh, about the uh, uh, the um, libertarian sort of oath, as it were, the uh, You say that you don't believe in the initiation of force, um, you know, for political or social gains, and it's sort of – that statement in and of itself sort of leaves the opening. I don't believe in the initiation of force. Mm -hmm. So, you know, oftentimes people will say, well, I've had force initiated against me, so I'm I'm therefore in the right to use force. So it leaves this door open for force. I think they'd be correct about that. I mean, in that logical statement, they would be correct, but that doesn't mean that it's the correct approach. Sure, and 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 their body will – absorb those hard bullets the government fires at them yeah. very nicely um, and and likely their their families will uh, you know will, will wallow in misery as a result right because and their loved the, one will be made to look like a madman right and the, uh, the 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 people left behind in the liberty movement will have that much more to to uh, work beyond because well you know yet another liberty madman has been uh, you know died in a, a hail of bullets is there one of the email no he um, that's that's pretty much it for for David so he, he just, says uh, he, he we should says, call it tyranny so what the government does should be called tyranny yeah, as opposed and not called to slavery or enslavement uh, or extortion. But I, I'm just, you know, I'm sorry, I can't, can't go, go for it. I know. How about that, violence against man? How about violence against uh, their fellow human beings? Force. I mean, violence is what it is. Yeah. The threat of violence or actual violence. I mean, there's no embellishment Usually, there. When we use the terminology, terminology slavery, we do ask people questions about it. We, we, we you know, we, it's we not like we jump in both free, feet and just say it's slavery. We say, well, you know, if the government uh, takes half of the the fruits of your labor, well, what would you be? And you know, you'd be half a slave. Right. Well, you want them to half answer a slave, the all of a slave? You want them to be the ones answering those questions for themselves, so they can feel as though they've come to that conclusion on their own without having it handed down. 800-259-9231, and that's, I, I think that's the approach that we, we hopefully tend to take here. If we don't, call us on it. 800-259-9231, you take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free on the site, so enjoy those on us. They include the Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. That, again, is Facebook dot freetalklive dot com. Uh, so again, we'll take your calls about anything if you make them. Otherwise, I'm going to go into my email box here. We started out with one from you, Mark, and here are a couple. First, an update from the anonymous sex offender. As you may recall, a listener of ours had emailed in to tell us about how he had gotten into uh, some uh, some issues with the uh, the sex offender system even though he probably shouldn't have been and it's kind of a it's a tragic story so he gives us an update here he says i heard you on podcast a few weeks ago and read i heard you read my email from back in march and wanted to give you an update on my status i'm a uh, caller to your program but i don't know that i should call in and bring this stuff out into the open i know that your listeners would be for the most part understanding and forgiving and tolerant but As you can imagine, it's a very difficult proposition to come out and openly talk about these experiences. I don't know that I'd feel comfortable in doing so. It certainly does speak to the power 
or the fear, or rather, of the fear of ostracism. I'm certain that many of your listeners may even know who I am. Anyway, as you recall, I was given 90 days to move out of my parents' home because I'm a sex offender, and they discovered that I was living within 500 feet of a school. Now, I called a couple of lawyers uh, that my uncle, who's a powerful member of the Freemasons and the Elks in this area, had suggested, and they told me they couldn't help. In short, they said I could move out or I could be arrested. I called the ACLU and told them my story, but they told me that they couldn't help. Now, as you may recall, he is out of work. And so he'd been staying at his parents' house in order to help cut down on the costs of living. Yeah. Um, he's not a danger to anyone. He's got children of his own. But yet the law is the law, and uh, the, their their rules say that you can't live within a certain radius of schools and parks and, and things like that. And it, it, the, the rules vary from, from state to state, but essentially what that particular rule set does is it forces all of the sex offenders, so-called, into the same areas. So it actually brings these people together who otherwise might not have ever gotten to know one another. They're, some of them are now living out, in many cases, in certain, certain areas, in a trailer park on the outskirts of town, because that's the only place they can live. Or in some old motel or something like that. And it's just not good at all. And, of course, the idea that the, these rules somehow prevent kids from being harmed by sex offenders is, is pretty ludicrous. I mean, if there's no way that you can stop them from driving to the city park and lurking, or there's no way that uh, you can prevent them from entering these areas. It's just that they don't want them living nearby, as though that means anything at all. As though somebody with a, a van, a creepy van with uh, you know blacked-out windows, isn't going to be able to just drive that van to wherever the kids are. So, let me, let me continue with his email. He says, So I was told that they were getting many similar calls because after all rights are being because after all rights are being violated with these laws but that they could not help that these are the lawyers that is because they were not geared up to take on this matter so i was forced to move from my parents home where i was living rent free and bothering no one where i was helping with my father who's afflicted with alzheimers because when parents get older uh, sometimes they don't Things have happen. the easiest time and well, if you're not there to help them, then if they can't afford to pay someone to help them, how do you deal with that? Uh, according to the story here, he says that uh, now I'm living in a single-bedroom apartment that I pay $660 a month for. I can no longer afford to pay off my debt, and one of my creditors is now taking me to court, even though I have no job and now depend on unemployment benefits. As you can imagine, it's been rather difficult to find work with a felony in my past, especially one called a sex offense. Yeah. Now, not too many people are that tolerant. I'm thinking about moving to New Hampshire while I still have unemployment benefits and trying to find work there. I'll be free from my lease in November, and I have unemployment through January and likely for 12 weeks after that as an extension. As you can imagine, I'm decidedly uncertain as to the future. Perhaps some suggestions from you or your listeners would help. So do you have any ideas for the anonymous sex offender here tonight at 800-259-9231? I mean, wherever he ends up moving, odds are good the sex offender laws are going to require that he let the police know where he is, and that'll put him right back on the radar uh, when when he ends up there. So, there. I don't know if there's. Uh, I guess you could try moving and changing your identity and try living underground. That that could be a possibility. I mean, if the state in which you had committed the the offense doesn't know to where you are moving, then they're going to have a tough time tracking you down. Seems you know, likely. You could clip up your uh you could clip up any sort of identifying cards and such that you have. I don't know 
what that's well, going to do to make life difficult cases, for you. In some you might be, depending on the jurisdiction you're moving to, you may also be committing a crime by not registering as a sex offender. So you might be facing even more legal trouble. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. But I, that presumes they find out who you are. They sure. may eventually, though. When, I mean, it's very difficult to live without any ID or without well, I wouldn't any live kind without of a, ID, but if your name's Richard, you can suddenly go by Rich or Dick, um, and you you know change that when when you move and and you know that kind of thing. And you know it just doesn't seem like people would necessarily be searching for you in that fashion. I, you know I think that you'd probably be in pretty good shape if you moved away. But getting ID, getting another form of ID is going to be difficult because they're going to require some sort of birth certificate, which could mean that they would uncover that you already had an ID in so-and-so state, and then they'd find out who you are. So the idea would be you'd have to change your identity completely uh, in order to, to move do. somewhere, which makes things difficult. Uh, but then again, things are already difficult for this guy. I mean, he's living out in a, a place where he would otherwise not be choosing to live, paying more than he would otherwise choose to pay. Uh, of course, unemployment checks are going to be tough to cash if you've changed your identity, and Very. you're not going to be able to get those unemployment checks if you go that route. Uh, are you going to have an easier time here in New Hampshire? I don't know. I know that I'm I'm a pretty accepting and forgiving kind of dude, so I would hope that a lot of the other activists here are. Of course, if you listen to the show before, you know that uh, Mark and myself are Free State Project participants. We moved here three years ago now, uh, back in Labor Day of 2006, to... To work on achieving liberty in our lifetime, to get together with thousands of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people and, and move toward that uh, that eventual goal. So that's the reason to move to New Hampshire. I, I can't say that it's going to be better here as a sex offender than it would be wherever it is that uh, that you live. I don't know what the rules are. There's a chance that the rules may be a little bit less strict here uh, than f- the state from which he's coming. He's coming from one of the bigger government uh, places uh, out there. I don't want to get too specific but then again, sex offender rules are pretty draconian across the country, so I'm completely speculating there. I, I have no idea. It would be something worth taking a look at. And for me, being around like-minded individuals is really the, the reason to be here in, in New Hampshire. That's the number one reason. I mean, the activism's great. There's more activism every single year, and it's getting more interesting and more exciting over, over time. Uh, that's another you know big reason to uh, to make the move. But as far as actually helping you deal with the sex offender status... Honestly, I have no idea if that'll change things for you. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know if they have those rules. That would be something to look into. Does New Hampshire have the you can't live within X amount of feet of the school rules? I, my underst- I'm not aware of any rules that restrict where sex offenders can live. I, you just I, have to report in. You, have to, you do have to register, and I believe you have to register your residence. So if that's, if that's the case then that sounds like an improvement. If that is true, then that would be a step up from where he is, where he's being forced to live in a place that he doesn't want to live. At least he could then choose the place where uh, wherein he wants to live, and, you know, that's that, right? Then you just have to deal with having that awful sex offender status hanging over. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kid Essentials, the nutritionally complete drink with 25 essential vitamins and minerals and probiotics to help support your child's healthy growth. Visit us at kidessentials.com. Calling certain foods bad or good doesn't go very far in helping kids understand about balanced diets. Discuss the powers of foods. Carrots are good for your eyes. Fish keeps your heart strong. And how they work together to help kids grow, and they'll remember it even better. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, features including the chat room. You can get interactive with other listeners during the show and other times as well if they're in there at chat.freetalklive.com. Um, chat.freetalklive.com. I, <laughs> Free Talk Live's teamed up with uh, Midas Resources uh, to offer our listeners uh, some really great deals in gold and silver. Uh, you know, the, with, with the way they're printing greenbacks right now, I've been I've been positioning myself in gold and silver, and I would recommend it for you too. Just go to silver.freetalklive.com and you can uh, take a look at some of the deals we have there. We have the Lakota Nation Silver Round offer for twenty-two dollars and thirty cents. The Walking Liberty Half Dollar for nine dollars and seventy cents. You can get them uh, shipped to you. Um, you know. It, Sets of 20 is probably the best way to do it because the uh, shipping's a little cheaper that way. And uh, you can do a layaway plan where you only ha- where you can pay sort of on a weekly basis. Um, go to eight. Uh, you can call eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight. I'll give you that number again here at the end of it. But um, there's also an offer for the uh, Joe Plummer's money. Book. Yeah, Joe Plummer's book, Dishonest Money. And uh, if you pay cover price for it, they'll put a Walking Liberty half in it for you and ship it out to you. That way you can find out. The, the the just the the crime that is the Federal Reserve and you know you get yourself started on uh, collecting uh, precious metals. So. I think it's a great idea, and from what you've said, it's an amazing book. Uh, the price is right, and you get your very first. If you've never bought silver before, what a great way to get your very first uh, silver piece. Get something that can explain to you what the system is all about, and you get your very first Walking Liberty. Uh, what's it? A half? It's, it's a, a half, half dollar. Yeah. Half silver dot freetalklive dot com. All right, uh, so we continue here. You can call in, dial in about anything, 800-259-9231. And just kind of continuing on the sex offender topic here, another relevant email to the discussion. This one from Becky. She says, guys, I listened to uh, one of your shows today that focused on the Georgia sex offenders giving their Internet passwords, etc., to the state for monitoring. Man, these guys are just... They are so persecuted. I, I feel I feel bad for these guys because just because you're a sex offender doesn't mean that you've been molesting children. Sex offenders. Right. I don't feel bad for child molesters that have to get, you know that that, that have uh, you know to deal with the the, the punishment that, for their crime. However, there are a lot of people that are on these lists that haven't committed crimes that I would call a sex offense. No, and and I don't think that most. I don't think that most child molesters are meeting their victims on in, in internet chat rooms. I just they may be. I don't I know. know. I don't think that's the case. That most most people who molest children already know the child. Exactly. They're either a father or some Uncle, other kind of relative. Step a stepfather, somebody who's got close contact with a young child on a regular basis has the opportunity to get that child alone. Look, you're just not going to meet an eight-year-old in an internet chat room and go and you know meet him at the mall. I mean, those stories just don't. They they may be out there, but I I don't come across them. So there's no way that that's the majority or even a significant chunk of the people that fall under this uh, this so-called sex offense law. And every time every time you hear about somebody getting busted for picking up a a so-called child on the internet, it's usually somebody that's going to meet a 14-year-old teenager. Uh, they, they met them in some chat room. So I don't really consider that to be a child either. 
So I think there's a lot of gray area under this so-called sex offender uh, title. But nonetheless, it's not stopping the government from going full force against these people and trying to make their lives an an absolute living hell uh, because they can. So Becky says that uh, the state of Georgia is trying to get the sex offenders to give up their Internet passwords, which is a problem, I think, in its own right. I I think that uh, if you've gone and you've done the time and you've paid restitution or you've paid restitution, which I think is the ideal thing is to, you know, if if you get busted for doing child molestation, which is probably the worst or child rape, probably the worst of the worst when it comes to so-called sex offenses, you should pay that victim back. I mean, they should be getting some sort, some form of restitution. Obviously, we have a very punitive system now where these people just right, sit in jail be, cells. They should have to pay for the, all these people, the counseling. I, I yeah. don't know how much is going to go into that. But if they have you know problems as a result of this, and one would imagine they, that they would, yeah. they, you know, all that counseling should be paid for. Because what's happening currently? They sit in a cell right. they, with others. Know, they take sickos. These, these sickos, they put them in with more sickos, and they get sicker, I would assume, yeah. and then they let them loose, and, and during that time, the taxpayers had to pay to keep them in, the taxpayers including that person who got molested, and uh, you know, they're not made whole in any way. So that would be the ideal situation, in which case there would be no reason to uh, invade these people's privacy if they're out there. Making payments, again, in this future world in which they would actually pay restitution to their victims, if they're out there making payments, that's that's it. That should be all you should ask of them, to give up their privacy, to give up their Internet passwords, to allow some bureaucrat to give to have access to their mailbox on, on the Internet. There's a lot of uh, – you could do a lot of damage to someone's life if you were a malicious bureaucrat and you wanted to mess with somebody and well, you had their Internet well, passwords. Part of the issue is if they can do it to people convicted of sex offenses, whatever those sex offenses are are who's they next can, they can do it to anybody because if they're saying the state can punish criminals by you know after they've actually served their time or paid restitution but not that that's very done very often these days if they can keep punishing you forever after you supposedly done your time and you know now you repay your debt to society not the victim but if you've supposedly done your time and served your sentence I don't really think the state should be imposing at all. I, I, either you should remain in jail or well, you should be released and be free and clear. Well, there's um, there are, uh, you know, the, the, uh, there's some legal issues involved here, too. It, is it legal to change sort of somebody's sentence after they have served or during the time after they've been sentenced? To me, it doesn't seem like the, like it is. If you put a, uh, you know, a punishment for all sex offenders from here on out have to be on a registry. Well, the judge didn't say that. So there's a real um, that's not part of their punishment. So there's a real legal problem there. Likely, these people can't take it to the Supreme Court and defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a sad thing. That they're able to, to get a, get along and do. And then the, you have to ask yourself, you know, really, the government, do you really want the government watching these people? Because if, if I was a sex offender and I wanted to have a Facebook account real, really badly, I can do that and they'll never know. For yeah. God's sakes, these probation officers were coming into the sex offender's house in, uh, in California. I can't remember the name, any of the names associated with the case here recently, where they had the, the, the woman, the, the sex offender had kidnapped a woman 18 years ago or 20 oh, yeah, something, 30 years ago and had her, yeah, 30 years ago and had her living in his backyard. Uh, like the cops have been called. These incompetent boobs are the people that you 
want watching out whether I mean all they're going to do is make a mess of things and yeah. screw with these people's lives in the process, make it more difficult to be this uh, convicted sex offender person, and therefore more likely that they're going to do something wrong, step out of line again, and get thrown in jail again. If we want them in jail, let's throw them in jail and leave them there instead of this this sort of uh, netherworld afterlife thing that they have going. So Becky continues. She says, many people seem to think this type of ruling was worth taking away many people's liberty as long as it also included child molesters who use the Internet to victimize children. And I think people were having trouble wrapping their heads around the fact that many uh, that the majority of the affected people are not at all sex offenders by the common sense definition of the term. And then she links to a uh, a news article from the San Francisco Gate and, and an excerpt. She says, let's do a little, the article says, what? let's do a little where are they now with teens who've been charged with felony sex crimes. Take the case of Wendy Whitaker, now 29 years old. She's been on Georgia's sex offender list for more than a dozen years. Last year, Whitaker was evicted from her home. A nearby church was running an unadvertised daycare service, and Georgia's law prevents sex offenders from living within 1,000 feet of schools, churches, swimming pools, school bus stops, daycare centers, parks, recreation centers, or skating rinks. Now you go find somewhere to live. Schools, churches, swimming pools, school bus stops, daycare centers, parks, recreation centers, or skating rinks. You go pull out a map of your town and try to push uh, you know, pinpoints into every single one of those category things and then draw little circles with your compass around each one of those pinpoints and you try to find a place to live. There's more to the story here. What happened to her, though? I mean, she's been a sex offender for a dozen years. Why did she go in in the first place? What was her sex offense that is preventing her from being able to live in the home in which she's been living for a while? You want to take a crack? You want to try to guess? What is it? What's the sex offense? You want me to guess? Yeah, Dick, take a guess. Uh, messing with a boy underage. And we'll come back. We'll tell you about it here in moments. You take control. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we invite you to our website. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link. And when you do so, a percentage of your purchase, whatever it is you're buying, whether it's new or used, will go to Free Talk Live. So you've got to do shopping anyway, right? You need stuff. You can get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and you can help Free Talk Live all at the same time. Again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we return to the email box here, Becky is emailing in uh, from Georgia. Actually, excuse me, she's in San Francisco, but the story is out of Georgia, where... Wendy Whitaker is now 29 years old. She's been on the sex offender list in Georgia for more than a dozen years and was recently evicted from her home because, well, she lives near a church. Or she was rather near, excuse me, living near a church running an unadvertised daycare service. And apparently if you're within a thousand feet of a daycare center, park, recreation center, school bus stop, swimming pool, church, school, or skating rink in Georgia, you will be evicted you will be forced to move outside of that particular zone. And as I said before, it's pretty difficult to find places to live with that many off-limits zones in your local city. Go ahead and give it a try. See how see how you do. 
uh, by by drawing concentric circles on a map and and comparing overlapping see where uh, see where you can actually live anyway she was kicked out but what was she made a sex offender for in the first place well at uh, a november 13th hearing a district judge declined to halt the eviction so she was uh, evicted whitaker sued but how did she become a sex offender she was 17 at the time and she gave a 15 year old high school classmate a bj that was it Sweet. She said she feels that's a good use of the uh, the legal yeah. system. She says she feels punished over and over Stupid. for something she did as a teenager, <laughs> and something that a lot of teenagers have done. Yep. But she got caught, see, and so now she's a criminal for the rest of her life. As long as she stays in Georgia, she'll be subjected to this insane law that prevents her from uh, being able to choose where she lives. She does not have that freedom as you and I do. We can go and we can uh, buy our own home wherever one is available, whatever we can afford. We can we can buy it wherever it is that uh, that it's available. She is very restricted in the places that she can do the same thing. Anyway, Becky says uh, she just wanted to share that so that if the topic comes up, you can point to people like Wendy, who would have her emails read by the government now because she gave a guy a BJ in high school. Some people might think differently if they realize how easy it is to be on a sex offender list. I would bet 75%, says Becky, of, or more of people today gave or received a BJ when they were under the age of 18. I don't know if it's 75%, but it's certainly a significant amount of people. A, a lot of people have uh, fooled around under eight, under 18. And in some places, it's legal. In some places, if you're 16 and 17, it's fully legal to have yeah. uh, sexual relations. And I'd like to point out that this isn't necessarily a two-year stretch between these uh, t- these two young people that this occurred, you know, what a decade ago, 50, a decade and a half ago or whatever um this was it could as be as little as a year and a day stretch as far as the difference in age yeah right and that's that's i mean really ask ask yourself about this young man is he scarred for life because of this <laughs> i mean really what's his life like today the idea here is is to uh you know take a sex offender and uh, you know um punish him for hurting somebody sure that's the idea but in this case that's not what's going on here once people are thrown yeah. into the system there's no getting out it's just a it's just a machine and it grinds you up and that's what it's doing to wendy yeah and how, how much do you want to bet that uh, it wasn't even him that complained word yeah. probably got out somehow to his parents mom yeah. and dad probably found out that uh, he'd been messing around with an older girl and they probably called in the police and then the police likely filed charges even without the parents consent because the police don't need your consent to go ahead and file charges against someone. They can do that all on their own. All you have to do is bring it to their attention. I, I bet you, I will bet you that's what happened in this case. She says, I live in San Francisco. Uh, we usually listen to your podcast while I paint the studio. And uh, we're going to come out to the Liberty Forum here in uh, her boyfriend and, and her will be coming out here to the Liberty Forum, which is great. Uh, more people should do that. I believe the dates have been announced. I, I've heard rumor that it's going to be the very end of wintertime in 2010. So March, I think, 19th, 20th, and 21st, perhaps. We'll know more as time goes on. We'll give you all the details, but kind of uh, circle that in or pencil it in on your calendars right now while uh, while you still can because it's probably going to be a sellout event. Uh, it's the it's the Liberty Convention of the year, in my opinion, and there are a number of them vying for uh, for people's dollars out there across the country. It's the most vibrant uh, movement, the most uh, the the Liberty movement here in New Hampshire is the most vibrant across the country, in my opinion, and I think that you'll really enjoy yourself. We broadcast live 
from the Liberty Forum every single year. So just wanted to share that with you just as, a, as an example of one person, just one story, one of the myriad of stories that inevitably you'll find if you dig into this issue of so-called sex offenders. Well, I mean, there are people on the sex offender registry who have committed offenses that everyone thinks of when they think of sex yeah, offenses. Sure. Yes. The problem is you get people like Wendy here thrown in with them. And then whenever somebody hears that you know, you're a sex offender, automatically they assume that you're the worst kind of sex offender, the person who you know most people don't feel bad about putting on a list or doing bad things to. But there are plenty of people on that registry that didn't do terrible, awful things to children or rape somebody. They, they just happened to get caught doing something that like this that probably most of the population has done. You know, and I'd also like to point out um, that it's, you know, I the sex offenders are sort of unfairly labeled um, as opposed to other crimes, for instance. Let's talk about murderers. The fact is, um, you know, that... If you compare a sex offender to a murderer, you know, on the face of it, a raped kid or a raped woman, um, who are the people that people generally think of when they think of uh, sex offenders, those people are still alive. They still have their life and they still experience joy afterwards. A murderer, their victim, does not experience those things. The, um, you know, there's, one might argue that the families of those, uh, you know, those t- two victims probably experience the same sort of thing, but the victim themselves has no life anymore. The, the murderer has deprived them of it, whereas the sex offender has not. And they don't have these laws for murderers. I'm not advocating these laws for murderers because it would be terrible for me and my family because I am a convicted murderer. However, I am pointing out that what here what you have is a worse criminal by you know, a, a, a much more logical yardstick than what you have with the next sex offender. And people have a tendency to, you know, uh, they, they can relate to murderers better than they can re- relate well, to sex offenders. You know, they, they understand that, um, you know, the, most people have thought of killing someone. They haven't thought of molesting a child. Yeah. And sex generally just tends to elicit a more emotional response. Yeah, yes. it, 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 it leads to a very emotional response. Whereas even though you would think that murder being a crime where you're killing somebody, probably the worst thing you can do to somebody. Sure. What, what, worst, <laughs> what is the worst thing you could do? Uh, it just doesn't seem to elicit that kind of emotional response, no. maybe in the victim's family. But in society, people don't think of murder as as dirty no, as, they, say, raping somebody. They have the Agatha Christie murder mysteries. The first thing that happens, bam, somebody dies. You don't have Agatha Christie sex offender mysteries. It doesn't <laughs> happen. So murder is just much yeah. more integral to culture, the, 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 the society, the animal that we are, that kind of thing. And it, um, I, you know, I, people just don't, they, they don't have, they don't have a clear picture when they're looking at this. And it just, it's, it's an arbitrary way of dealing with sex offenders. You could make they could make the argument, though, Mark, uh, and I'll just take the position here that, well, a sex offender victim, uh, you know, a child that's been molested mm-hmm. has to live with that for the rest of their lives. At least the murder victim doesn't have to live with the, the murder for the rest of their lives because well, they're dead. The the victim of the sex offense has a choice about whether they live or die. I mean, if they, they may think that death is preferable and they may be so depressed by the act that they do end up killing themselves. But they still have a choice in that matter. I, I, well, what I would say is they have the choice to they have the choice about how to continue on in their life. I think that what you'll or find or to not with, continue well, is the point I'm making. At least they have the choice whether or not they live or die. Whereas the victim of a murder does not. Well, and I think when you look at, uh, for instance, some uh, people that have been raped. They there are, are different categories, right? There are the the categories of the the, the the rape victim that just holds that, 
and focuses on it for the rest of their life, and it becomes a part of their identity. Yeah. Uh, the, the you know the victimization kind of factor becomes a part of their identity, and then there's the other side of it where people become empowered not by necessarily the rape, but but they become empowered because they realize that they can overcome this and that they can move on with their lives and put that behind them and you know uh, maybe explain the experience to others and and try to sure. to to counsel other rape victims and things like that and really turn it into something as positive as possible for themselves. People go in different directions and they get to choose what direction they go in so i i don't think that's a, i don't think it's a valid argument but someone could make that point. I, well i think circumstances do have an impact on how say a rape victim responds in the future and lives out their life i think you know an eight-year-old girl who is raped by her father is going to have a much different a much different process in dealing with that than say than a 20-year-old. a 20-year-old who yeah. is raped at a frat party fair enough good point more on the way here you can take control of the airwaves bring up anything hour two is coming up You can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site we give away, so uh, enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, I just uh, I want to burn through some emails here tonight. Uh, the phones are dead, so we'll go to your emails uh, in, that are in the box. And boy, do I have a lot of them. Uh, this one's from Mike. He says, guys, I love the show, and I'm sad that I can't move to New Hampshire. Life is full of compromises. Yes. The reason for the email is this. I'm looking to become more active in my area, which is Maine, and I'm looking for some advice about finding alternative solutions to the projects that government usually handles. I feel that if we or I am going to complain about government, I or we should hopefully be able to say how we can do better. He says, I know anything is better than force, so even if we fail, we still did better. For instance, government handles road construction and snow plowing. What are some steps to take in trying to transfer this to a voluntary cooperative effort instead of a coercive one? Any advice on creating incentives for getting the public to go along with this effort? While I see all taxation is theft, some might not. How do you approach government about this? How to fund anyone else able to achieve this? So road construction, snow plowing. What, what are some things that uh, could be taken, some steps could be taken to, uh, to move that into a more voluntary order? 
course, I'm asking a couple of minarchists here. Yeah, I have no. I, I think <laughs> I, that this is uh, foolishness. Absolutely. I, I I sort of agree with Mark. I will. I'll I'll, I'll go with this example. There's a town not far from here where we're broadcasting from in Keene called Stoddard, New Hampshire, which is a very small town. It's rural. This mm-hmm. probably wouldn't work as well in the city, but I'll throw this out here. They do have quite a few miles of private road, generally because people move to Stoddard for low taxes. There's a lot, you know, they're willing to take care of the road. So the way I could see this is if you had, say, a street that was you and a few other people on it. The town could give people a portion of their property taxes or whatever their municipal taxes are back if the people on that street would agree to turn it into a private road and handle the road maintenance themselves. Now, Great idea. Usually it just means snow plowing, but you could privatize the whole maintenance shebang. I mean, if there's a pothole, well, you fill it, you maintain it to your standards with an association and... That's that. I'm for that, but the problem um, with it is is that you have to get, depending on the size of the town that you're in, for instance, you're talking about a very small town here, Stoddard, and I live in a town that's a, probably about the same size, and the vast majority of roads, and this is true uh, for any place in the United States, uh, except perhaps some really major metros, um, that most roads are really glorified uh, uh, you know communal driveways um you know there you know there's quite a few houses on the road whether it's you know mm-hmm. there're little little lots or whether you're talking about big plots like there are out in the town you're referring to there and it's the only people that really go down them are people that are going to go home and that's what i you know that's what a driveway is i don't see any reason why i should have to pay for the the maintenance and the clearing and all that other stuff of someone else's driveway. For instance, in the town that I live in, there are lots of these you know glorified communal driveways that uh, that, that that I have to pay to keep up. They mm-hmm. dead end somewhere or they loop back out onto right. the road, so it's not like it's a throughway that someone's using to get somewhere. Right. Unless it's to someone's house on that street. Right. right. So it's it's basically a driveway. That's the intent of it. However, I live on the main drag, and I have a good long driveway. Nobody pays to clear my driveway. Mm-hmm. Nobody keeps up my driveway, and I'm on the main drag. So, uh, so you're subsidizing the other people. I'm subsidizing the other people. They're stealing from me in order to get their roads cleared or their driveways cleared, and that is just flat-out wrong. So um, if you get, say, all the people on you know a given street uh, to say, yeah, we'd like to turn our road private so that we can all take care of it and it'll be fine. Well, they're still got to take care of their road, which is an added expense as far as they're concerned, plus the headache of having to deal with a private road because it isn't generally that easy, and they're continuing to subsidize all the other creeps that aren't doing it. Yeah, which is why all I can come up with is some kind of a tax incentive from the town. Maybe some people would, I don't know, prefer not to have the police presence on their street, but most people would prefer a police presence on their street, I would think. So, Police I'm aren't not, the issue here. This is the paving and the maintenance of the road. That's the issue. I'm just trying to think of how you could sell it. Yeah. It's okay. A private All right. Road so, here, so here's my answer to the question. Got and, it. And, 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 well, if the purpose of voluntarism is to advance the ideals of a voluntary society and hopefully bring it about uh, eventually, we do need to have some good answers to these questions. And I think that if the government people were to just start acting in, on a voluntary basis, you'd have the voluntary society. It's not a huge jump. It's just that the government people aren't going to want to make that jump, right? No. I mean, if you can just basically say, okay, government, if you were, if, if a bunch of voluntarists decided to, for whatever reason, run for office and they won, 
uh, on this voluntarist platform, and they could somehow do this legally, which they wouldn't probably be able to do because the state of New Hampshire would probably say, well, you can't do that legally or whatever. But let's just presume all the legal uh, <laughs> And that you're not going to get sued for trying to uh, uh, clear Shut a road. down the unions or well, whatever. Well, clear, yeah. clear a road. I mean, if, if you just took your snowplow out and uh, cleared a road, you might get away with it. But, uh, you know, plowing a road is not necessarily as easy as plowing a driveway. You may get stuck. Then you're there waiting for the cops to come get you. What the hell are you doing, boy? Um, and then you've got to have that conversation. Yeah, I'm not sure where you're going with that, Mark. I, it wasn't in the direction I was going. So just hold on to your comments there for one moment. Um, so the idea would be to transition to a voluntary society, meaning the government would start operating on a voluntary basis. So you could immediately change that by just letting folks know with the property tax bills that payment's voluntary now. Send us however much you want. Now, is that going to mean that a lot of people aren't going to send in the full amount? Probably. Will some people send more? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe they will send more if they aren't being forced to pay. Uh, to pay. Who knows? But that would be uh, one start. Of course, hopefully at the same time you'd be cutting the unnecessary crap like the government schools and essentially volunteerizing or marketizing those programs. So my idea is to just turn over the bureaucracy to the bureaucrats. I mean, they already have all the capital that they'll need to run these businesses, what, what should be businesses. I mean, clearing snow is, should be a, a service provided by businesses in the same way that garbage is here. Uh, here in New Hampshire, many places, garbage my, is completely private. My, my problem with the scenario you're proposing here is that essentially the city would volunteerize its maintenance of the roads, but people could pay however much they want. Essentially what you have there, it's not exactly forcible government but the city still has a monopoly on the roads, and they're probably going to get much less funding than they need to actually do it. So you essentially have a half-assed monopoly that's well, somewhat voluntary. That's but why I think you need to, to cede the property back to the rightful owners as well. I think that the road out in front of – that abuts your home, uh, that out, out halfway to the halfway point in the road, you should have property rights over. And in fact, Mark, you've told me uh, – maybe it was you, Nick. Somebody told me that here in New Hampshire, that actually is the case with the deeds – that your property does yes. extend out yes. into the road. So you would just be giving people control over that property, and then by making the government have to operate on a voluntary basis, they'll likely have to have to cut costs because right now they can just spend whatever the hell they want to. They'll actually have to analyze their costs really well for the first time ever. Uh, I know they claim they do the best they can, but if they're actually not guaranteed payment, then they'll do a better job. And that would also open up the marketplace to where somebody, some entrepreneur, could enter into the snow-clearing market and go uh, go to the people on a, on a street and say, hey, look, you're paying this amount. I mean, they're asking for this amount in the taxes here. I can do this road for less than that. How about we get into a contract? Now, he'd have to get agreement from everybody on the street, but if he could come in and do it at a lower price, then it would seem pretty likely that most people would, would agree to it. So that, that would open up the market to competition, uh, and it would at the same time allow the government workers to continue doing what they're doing. As long as they're doing a good job, they'll probably get paid an appropriate amount. I know it seems like a stretch, Maybe. right? I mean, the, I think there's going to be a problem <laughs> in that. Stretch. I think there's going to be a problem in that if you have a, a house with uh, a street with say ten houses on it, you might find that eight or nine of the people are willing not to pay for any of the snow removal or the maintenance if they just let it go long enough, and their neighbors will pick up the tab, which is what I think you would see happening a lot. You know, if, I, if everybody owns their little stretch of road, well, if your stretch of road is before I get to my house when I pull onto that street and you're not pl paying to have it plowed, then I'm just going to plow my way through it. But that means I have to eat the cost. 
Yeah, I'm not sure how you. Uh, I'm not sure how you deal with. Well, like that. of course you can't deal with it. That's the that's the problem with the whole agorist philosophy that exists. Like the idea. Well, of no, doing no, it no. Wait a minute. How can you say you can't well, deal with it, Mark? Who, how do you know that you can't deal with something? Because like you're that? dealing with a coercive government. Who are you to suggest that uh, that those problems can't be solved by the marketplace? Not by one guy. Not by one guy. What's this? You're dealing with a coercive government, Ian. They're going to sue you. I don't know what you're talking about. More coming up here, 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the bulletin board system with over 490,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. This morning I was uh, taking my Choose for Health Superfruit Complex. It's a chewable vitamin. And I was thinking to myself, I'm sure I'm glad I don't have to take those big old horse pills anymore. And uh, that little shot of... uh, boysenberry juice or whatever it was that my wife used to take me um, have me take for antioxidants now i get them both in one and it's uh it's a tasty convenient chewable and you can get a week to try it out at 800-219-8874 it's uh free except for shipping and handling uh just call 800-219-8874 see if it's uh if, if you enjoy it as much as i do it's choose for health Okay, so Mike had emailed in uh, saying he was wondering what some ideas he might be able to pass along when he's talked to about the idea of moving to a voluntary society and how to transition things like the government's monopoly over road maintenance to a voluntary society. How do we marketize that? How do we take it out of the, the, the hands of the violent monopoly of government and put it into the hands of the marketplace so it can be open to competition and, and innovation? And, Mark, you were trying to make a point. It was confusing to me uh, toward the end of the last segment. Can you recap that for you me? Know, if, I didn't, uh, if, I, if I didn't segue properly for you, I'm sorry. I've been kind of having this uh, conversation in my head for the last couple of weeks about agorism. Um, agorism is a political philosophy that uh, was developed by uh, a couple of guys named Konkin and Shulman, um, you know, sort of uh, developed by Konkin and then uh, refined by Shulman. And the idea is that uh, agorists will develop a, uh, you know, a market alternatives to to things, and then, you know, their, their market alternatives will be so good, including a, a private defense force, by the way. And at some point or another, they'll overthrow the government. And the to me, agorism, I agree with the philosophies of agorism in that you should probably have some uh, gold and silver stored up. You should probably know how to grow some food at your house and, you know, some do some things to sort of check out of the system. I just I think there's a lot of flaws in, in its particular um, uh, philosophy. And I this email smacks of agorism to me. The idea that this he's just asking for ideas. That's all ideas to offer market alternatives to the government's monopoly on uh, road maintenance and road construction. What's wrong with that? I'm... if you're going to try to take care of the government's road, they're going to sue you, okay? If you try to just clear snow from it or do whatever and they catch you, you're in big trouble. Okay. I don't think... Well, I mean, I'm not defending the agorists here, but I don't think they really care. Uh, they, They may not care, but they're going to have some problems. 
Right, right. Who, you're talking what about are they offering. If, you're talking They're about not in offering the world. anything. You're, you, I don't want you out clearing uh, the road in front of my house. I've got the city for that. I already have to pay them for it. I, I, I mean, why would I be interested in compensating you for doing it too? Yeah, I, I, I don't know, Mark. I, right. I'm, so, like, there's a you're, lot. You're of, talking about in a world where the government still exists. You're talking about. That's a, what he's talking about. He says he's in Maine, right? Right. He's talking about. He's he's asking uh, us for ideas as to how to transfer to a, a more voluntary. Okay. Order. So, in order to transfer there, you would be starting in the world where the coercive government exists today, right? Right, and you're so, and you're, you you're, there. you're drawing the conclusion, you're jumping to the conclusion that that means that you have to go out and do what you're saying, and that is uh, get out and start competing immediately with the, with the government I'm only and hope that someone's going to pay you for it. You cannot go out and compete with the government in road clearing. Right, that's probably not going to work too well. And, I think and that anybody road that's, construction. I think that anybody's uh, that's wanting to do that should expect to not get paid for it. I think that if you're going to go out. And fill in potholes and that sort of thing, which I think is a good idea. I think that getting Why? out there, because you can, what you can do is you can show that the volunteer force uh, road people crew don't care. is doing a better job than people care about the potholes. They, they do, do, but they don't know anything about you know when they're driving over a fill, filled pothole. It's the absence of a problem. People don't care about the absence of a problem. Right. So you show the footage of the people filling the hole. You now can you've put got a some map video up. for some other agorists to watch on the, a, the you internet. You can put a map up. You can promote it in your local in your local uh, television station or radio or a newspaper. What I'm saying here is you could promote the efforts of those you know the volunteer road crew that's going out and actually improving the roads in the area for zero cost to uh, to the locals. You know, I I think you'll be far better off um, in 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 the case of having to stay in some other state. You know, try to run for city council or something like that, and then bring these philosophies up there. You'll have a much bigger stage. I think that's to what talk. he's. I think I don't think he's he's uh, he's saying anything about taking that option off the table here. He hasn't said anything. No, he about hasn't that. said that. I'm just okay. saying that I've been having a conversation in, in your my head. head I know you're about sounding agorism. a little nutty. In fact, I'm, uh, I'm telling you, I am obsessed and of the opinion huh? that it simply is an idea that doesn't work. Well, I can sort of see where you're coming from, Mark. Although I do think that if he's looking for some kind of an alternative to give, he could talk about the idea of well. We could privatize some of these roads. I think you actually brought up a good point that a lot of them are just glorified driveways. They're not really right. throughways or highways. I want to see them privatized. Right. So I, I think that you can make a reasonable case for that, a case that will sound reasonable to a lot of other people. It's a hard selling point because then the people who live on those roads actually have to pay for it. And that's a whole other thing entirely. But I think you can make some headway there. Did he bring up anything else besides roads here? I think I think he does here. Uh, in fact, we'll, I we'll know, get to that. I know Mark doesn't like talking about the roads. Yeah. Um, one of the other one of the other points I wanted to make that uh, that you brought me to here, Nick, on this the road issue though, just the, to to wrap the conversation up, is uh, if you were to transition over to voluntary funding and the government bureaucracy that's currently in charge of clearing the roads says, look, you know, we still want to clear these roads for you, but we can't force you to pay for it. Uh, so here's what we need. Here's our budget for the year. Here's what we need to make. Just kind of like how the, the United Way or whoever else, you know, they set a goal for fundraising as far as what they want to raise. The road crew could also set a goal for fundraising. They'd publicize that. You know, we need to get this amount in to clear the roads in this uh, in this area. And if people don't pay, then they don't get their roads cleared. And eventually that might bother them enough to the point where they might want to start paying someone to do that. Those are some great ideas in a voluntary world. That's what we're talking about here, how to transition over 
to the voluntary no, world. No, no, you're talking about a voluntary world. Right. You'd, you'd have to have the government people accept the idea that they can no longer force people to pay for their services. Yeah, they're all for that. No, they're not all for that. No. no this is not an easy task. And also, the roads are a stupid thing to be talking about in the first place. In my town, um, the 80% of the budget goes for the school. You can say it's the stupid. Rest of them, the rest but, of the budget yeah. for everything else um, is 20, you know, 20%. So what's that make roads? The clearing and the maintenance of roads. Which 5%. should mean it wouldn't be hard to voluntarily uh, raise that money then if it's Take not that care big. Of the school. Go after the schools, man. Go after the, the, you know, the teachers' I'm policies. I'm all in favor of, of that, okay? Rid, you know, riddling up the kids. And You'll be happy to know he addresses schools next in his email, Mark. Good. So calm down. So, yes, we are talking about changing over to a voluntary society and what one possible way of doing that might be. And that was my idea, right? Just have the government bureaucrats just stop acting like a coercive monopoly and, and see what changes. See how the marketplace rearranges itself in order to deal with the issues that need to be dealt with. Because, because if you believe in the marketplace, and if you believe that the market solves the problems that are put in front of it to the best of its ability at the lowest possible price... With competition and innovation, then you can understand that it would find a way. The marketplace and the people in search of profit, the innovators out there would find a way to get these things done. It seems insurmountable. It seems difficult to us from our perspective. But it's likely that we would look back in another 30 years and say, wow, how come we didn't think of that before? More on the way. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that... Fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets 50 bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. 500 bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on Free Inspection and Estimate in the upper right-hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL 50 bucks. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Yeah, Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including the archives uh, going back for an entire year, all free for you, on the front page of the website, freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of Freedoms Phoenix get every day. Readers of, readers of Freedoms Phoenix are uh, constantly provided the detailed, real news that lies between the lies of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. FreedomsPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go to FreedomsPhoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch now. All right, so we're in the midst of an email here from Mike. Of course, you can call in and bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. And, Mark, you've been, you've been kind of critical of Mike here, and maybe not so much on air, but uh, during the breaks, because he started his email by saying that he can't move to New Hampshire and then proceeds to ask questions about how to uh, to have us suggest some steps and as, to, as to trying to transition from the current violent monopoly situation with road clearing and uh, construction to a more voluntary society. And you're, you were saying, screw it, just give up. You know, don't. I absolutely believe that. 
Yeah, I mean, um, the idea that you're going to offer voluntary solutions to uh, people that is, uh, you know, going to bring down the coercive government, uh, you know, turn coercive governments into a more voluntary uh, thing in Maine, uh, to me, seems nonsensical. Um, to me, the only solution you have, whether you're going to, to follow a more outside of the system, a more inside of the system solution, is to concentrate people in a geographic area because that's how governments are sectioned out currently. Well, and I'm of the opinion, I'm not done, <laughs> I'm of the opinion that, uh, that he would be better off to work hard, make good money, and support the people here in New Hampshire that are doing the kinds of things that he would like to see done, rather than waste his time trying to fill in potholes or uh, you know, clear government roads or even running for office, quite honestly, in uh, wherever he's at. I think running for office might have the, the best solution, but... Uh, you know, it, it, it's likely going to. It depends on where you are, but you know, going to take up a lot of time. And so you're saying there's no value in even talking to people about these ideas. I think that uh, he should do what Stefan Molyneux um, suggests. Who, Stefan Molyneux, the the uh, at this point basically the leader of the agorist movement and a great man, a nice guy, says. Just keep asking people over and over again. Do you support the use of violence and coercion against me and my family? That do what do that. And then work hard, make money, support um, uh, activists in New Hampshire. Well, I think I, I don't think it, I don't I, think it's fair to just write people off like that. I, what What do you mean? I I think I I'm not going to say that people who for whatever reason can't move to New Hampshire, by all means donate money to activism going on here in New Hampshire. I think you're going to get a better return for your investment. But people kind of want to do things in the if you are committed to living in whatever community you're in. Or for whatever reason, whether you want to be or not, whatever community he's in in Maine, he probably wants to try to do something where he is. That's just how people operate. And I'm not going to say that he shouldn't do anything. Well, I, I, don't I disagree that with that. Volunteer because, in in some aspects that um you know that that people can get. Uh, you know, I cre I say create better goodwill. You know, go to the jail and volunteer there. Do do some scuff, stuff at the school. Be a crossing guard. Uh, you know, do some things like this where you come in contact with people and you are doing voluntary type stuff rather than things that confuse people like you know, filling in potholes or trying to uh you know clear the road with of snow and things like that. I mean, I think that just is going to confuse the issue. Well, I don't think there's anything. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to take these ideas off the table to not have these discussions. I agree with you, Mark, that it's probably not going to be the best use of your time. Uh, there are some things that would probably be more productive in a, in other areas where you don't have the activists backing you. So I would agree with you to that extent, but. I don't think that's a reason to just say, well, screw it, don't even talk about these ideas. I uh, think t that Talk about them all you want, please. Yeah. Talk about them with people that you're working with. Get to work, make money. There you go. All right. He says, any suggestions about actually transitioning to private schooling? This I find mind-numbing, as the state can achieve such a large economy of scale. I know about, well, wait a minute, economy of scale, that suggests that there, you know, there's some sort of the savings state, The involved. state is spending $14,000 um, in some, uh, I'm just going to come up with some general numbers, $14,000 a student versus the uh, private schools, which are spending like five. Um, some. Yeah, yeah, it's just general numbers, but you can find them. Um, you know, the, the private schools are probably on average about 66% the cost of public schools. There is no economy of scale when it comes to the schooling. government. The, yeah, the, the government, government. The government has so many rules that they have to go by and all this other stuff that there is no economy of scale. He says, I know about homeschooling, but in the face of our current system, this won't always be a reality for many parents. Again, any other communities you know of having success with this? Not that I know of necessarily, because the teachers union is you know, pretty in, entrenched wherever they are, and they're not going to let go of their monopoly too easily. 
But again, I'll propose my my same solution here, and this is much more doable with the schools. It is absolutely. It's much this more is, easy to understand. It's pretty good. It's uh, it's easy to understand. You don't have those common area issues that you do with the roads. And the solution is to turn it over to the bureaucrats. Give it to them. It's okay. I understand that there's this uh, mentality amongst the uh, the liberty minded folk that well those bureaucrats have been screwing us, so we need to screw them. No, no, just let them have it. You know, it's like when you're breaking up with somebody. The best way to break up with somebody is to let them have the, the crap that they want. It's just stuff. It's all right. Just let them have it. If it makes them feel better and it makes the breakup easier and there's not all that animosity and, and hatred as a result of that, let them have it. Same thing with the government school. Let them have that the buildings and the, the school buses and is everything. not going to work. Why? Because the people... The people you need to convince on the schooling issue, number one is the teachers union. They have no incentive to take over the schools. They're you don't think they want ownership? In, no. They I, get paid just as it is. They have good benefits. Number two, you need to convince parents who right now, yeah, they have to pay taxes, but you can have eight kids and send all your kids to school and it's essentially free to you except for the taxes that you have to pay. You have to convince right. parents that they, number one, would be able to afford to pay for their, you know, their children's education when they could have a system that essentially taxes other people without kids to pay for that. And number two, that they would want that system. I think you have a bigger problem with uh, Supreme Court rulings in your state. Uh, many states, most states uh, have, have ruled that education is a right mm. and you cannot uh, not offer that education as a right. I, I like the idea and I think it's clear and concise. However, I thought he was talking about offering mo- uh, voluntary market-based alternatives to uh, the current system yeah, he's in the area. Tra- he's question talking is about transitioning. Okay, from well, what we have today to a, a private I, situation. I think number one, if you had uh, essentially because there are rulings that say that children have a right to a gov- essentially government-funded education, if you provide the funding but not the bricks and mortar school, then I think you're in many cases you're going to be meeting that requirement. So I think one thing you can do is tell parents that well we're going to pay for your child to attend school whether it's at Keene High School, that you know, a municipal school, or if you choose not to go there, we will give you a voucher. I think that's a, one way you get there, where at least parents are still given the money out of tax coffers, but you're at least setting up a system where different schools have to compete for that tuition money, and some of them might be private, some of them might still be public, they're competing for it. But then you've got the voucher problem, where the vouchers become a, a string that allows the government people to control the, the schools. Not on a town-to-town uh, town basis, I don't think. I mean, well, if you're talking about a uh, city, a state uh, situation, perhaps. Yeah. But on a town-to-town basis, I think you get you know, get get away with it. The problem is, is that, um, you know, more and more they're now classifying more and more kids as, uh, you know, learning disabled, so that they go up from fourteen thousand dollars a year to educate them to forty-nine thousand dollars a year to educate but them. But that money. And then you're trying to f- come up with these vouchers. I think you you're better off saying, you know, telling the family, hey, here's a check for fifty grand. Leave town. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, I think that's the best. Uh, you know, it, it'll cost it cut costs all over the place. Um, and I, but I, I think if you're looking for some, you know, creating some alternatives, that you could do the homeschooling thing and say a church or something like that, and just get a few friends together mm-hmm. to send their kids to, you know, one parent that essentially is homeschooling, you know, a group of kids. I think some some states will have different rules on that than others, but um, j- just to expound on my idea because I like it. <laughs> um, If you did have a system where you did start to get competition, real competition in education, you would probably see the cost start to come down to where, you know, people wouldn't be quite so attached to the idea that 
they couldn't afford it on their own, and you might not see such a big push to hold on to the government schools. They're really not very good schools in many cases. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Do you have any ideas for Mike on this issue of uh, privatizing or rather marketizing the government schools? It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show. Get on more radio stations uh, around the country. Bring more Internet listeners on board with the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month and get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Your amp dollars make a big difference for this show. It's, uh, I think, the primary reason why we are where we're at, uh, because without you, without your $3 a month, we just uh, wouldn't be able to reach out to stations as effectively. So thanks to all of our amplifiers, and thanks to you if you're going to become one at amp.freetalklive.com. Mike had emailed in asking questions about transitioning from the coercive uh, society in which we live with the government uh, with a monopoly on violence to a voluntary society, a more market-based uh, society where things like roads and schools are handled by people in search of profit that are doing business on a voluntary basis. And he asked the question about schools, and he got three answers. Uh, Nick, you had said that you think that there should be some sort of uh, voucher system well, where... Yeah, basically, where schools can – basically, it's still government-funded, but people can choose where they send their kids to school. So, therefore, people that don't have kids are still paying to send other people's yeah, kids to school? Yeah, initially, that's where it would be. Where would you take it after that, if that's initial? Um, I just think that over time, you would see the cost of providing an education go down significantly, and you probably wouldn't see as much of a demand for government to fund it. You wouldn't see as many parents saying, we can't afford to pay for this if it wasn't for government. I, and you probably get a higher quality education in the meantime. So I'm not saying it's perfect. I don't know how exactly you would work it into this scenario where there are no government schools or no government involvement. I just think it moves you a lot closer to being able to work a, a smooth transition. Well, there certainly is no easy answer to this. As you pointed out, Nick, the teachers' union is pretty dug in. They're not going to be very happy with the idea of you know, essentially wresting power uh, away from them. And I and I didn't say it was going to be easy to implement my suggested solution, which was essentially to completely hand over the government schools to the existing staff members, presuming there aren't any legal hurdles that will be put in the way, and inevitably there will be by the teachers' union and the people that have an interest in the system. But presuming that you actually had enough of political – let's just say you had enough political sway 
you know, in this sort of fantasy political world, right, where uh, where liberty-minded people are getting elected left and right. People are starting to get this whole freedom idea. They're starting to like this idea. Obviously, the teachers' union doesn't like the freedom idea very much, but they're they're getting outvoted, right? They're you know the school board members are starting to be replaced. The uh, the the politicians are starting to be replaced. So this is a total inside the system thing because it's the way it would have to. This solution would have to come about. Uh, obviously, non-cooperation and people just not paying taxes is a you know quick easy uh, quick solution to saving you money, but it won't end the problem immediately. So if you could actually have a, an inside the system success, then this might be doable, where basically you just say, look, I know you guys don't want this, but hey, this is what the voters want. So here, you now have all of the buildings, all of the school buses, all the, you know, the the janitor carts, whatever the hell uh, capital that they have for the school system, you just simply give it to them, and they get equal shares, you know, whether it's the principal or the janitor, they, they all get equal shares of the business of Keene High School, or whatever the whatever high school is in in your area that would be, or schools would be would be transitioning over, and then let them figure out how to deal with that. Let them figure out how to deal with uh, charging tuition and how much people should get paid and all of that. Maybe some of the members of the school would decide they don't want to deal with this crap. They'd rather go get a job in New York State and they want to sell their shares and leave. They could they could do that. Somebody else could buy those shares. Some entrepreneur could come in and make them a hell of an offer and say, look, I'll buy out all your shares for this. I just get all the you know the assets and everything and i'll take over the school who knows what would happen once you put it into their hands maybe all of a sudden they'd become entrepreneurial maybe they would get it together and, and offer a is, service the evidence is when uh when bureaucrats are switched out when they're you know their enterprise is switched over to the marketplace that in fact they do get entrepreneurial and where's they do. the evidence just curious um john stossel did uh did something on a water treatment plant that went from uh really? public to private and uh you know in fact they did pretty well they made it work yeah that's good so that's that's my idea in a nutshell. It's not an easy thing to implement, but it would effectively, you know, completely marketize the existing government school system and it wouldn't, you know, raise the school to the ground or anything like that. You'd still have all the assets there and they just have to make it work in the marketplace, which if they're offering a valuable product and service, they they should be able to do. So, uh just a real quick uh, more with Mike's email. He says and what do you suggest when the state dictates the standards and decisions towns and communities must abide by when it comes to addressing these issues, or when the feds dictate to the states what it expects and then hands that down to the towns? Well, I think that the best uh, case in that, especially, let me we can just talk about the, the the feds. There's very little chance you're ever going to have any political success with them, right? I think we've all pretty much come to that conclusion on this show that trying to change the federal government with politics is a very uh, difficult proposition. So I think non-cooperation would be the answer there. I mean, just if you could have enough political success to where on a local basis you could just tell the feds to go shove it, then that would solve that problem. You know, we don't want your requirements. We don't want your money because the feds provide like 6% of funding, but 90% of all the requirements that schools and uh, that schools have to follow. So that would be a great way to get rid of a lot of the controls and the regulations and at the same time, uh, you know, set the school system a little more free. I, I think I've, I mean, I've heard educators complain about federal programs like No Child Left Behind because they realize it just gives them a bunch of mandates that they have to follow that probably don't even work very well for their district so you could maybe get, get them on board for that funding. you might be able to get them on board for that i think you'd have better luck if you could get government at the state level whatever state you're in to say you know what schools in our in our state can follow their own standards that meet our state requirements and we'll cover the six percent yeah or or we won't i mean as ian's pointing out the federal government does 
mandate a lot more education funding than it covers. It has a lot of unfunded mandates in that area. So even if you lose that 6% of federal funding, you can cut a bunch of these useless required federal programs that you have to offer in school, Mm -hmm. and you can make up the savings there without any kind of new money. Great points. Let's go to your phone calls. Ziggy is on the line in the UK, across the pond. Hello, Ziggy. Ziggy in the UK, going once. Did we lose Ziggy? I think we did. Ziggy is gone. So how about you? What do you think about you, the listener? What do you think about these ideas? How would you suggest transitioning over to a more voluntary uh, order of education? Would love your thoughts at 800-259-9231. None of these roads is easy. None of them. Uh, whether it's whether it's civil disobedience and withholding your funds and, and putting your own uh, safety and your own freedom on the line, that's certainly a difficult road. Uh, trying to de- to defeat the teachers union inside the political arena, an, an arena at which they have a lot more experience than you do. Uh, that's that's not an easy task at all. I mean, none of this is very easy. In the meantime, I think that one thing that can be done is reaching out to the students. I think that's something that's uh, that's a possibility. And getting involved. Mark, you were talking about earlier about what's what people can do maybe if they aren't in New Hampshire is go out, volunteer, talk to people about the ideas of, of liberty. And I think that talking to young people about the ideas of freedom is a really valuable thing to do. There are certain ways that you can go about doing that. Uh, get in touch with your, your local government schools and you know find out what sort of opportunities there are for speakers, for instance. Um, I, I used to know a teacher at, at one of the schools down in Sarasota, Florida, from uh, it's a place I was born and raised. And I knew one of the, the teachers through some connections. And uh, was I was invited, and this was back when I was working with the Libertarian Party down there, I was invited to come in and, and talk about libertarianism to uh, these kids. And it was a great experience for me because it got me up in front of a group of people and, and talking, and for me that's not an easy thing uh, to do. And for a lot of people that's that's not an easy thing to do. But uh, I, I had a lot of, uh, of fun reaching out to those kids, and, and I brought in the world's smallest political quiz, and I handed that out, and you know all the kids got to take the world's smallest political Everybody quiz. Everybody likes to have something that's customized to them. You know, whether you find – I'm just taking a look here at uh, Facebook uh, during the break, and it's rife with these little quizzes. Mm-hmm. You can find out, um, you know, what, what kind of – which Marvel or DC superhero are you, or, um, uh, you know, uh, what, what color is your favorite color they'll tell you what your favorite color is and uh you know i here's one that says uh, in case for, you hadn't decided yeah for for ladies only which kind of dominatrix are you i mean they, they just have a you know just a variety of these quizzes and the world's smallest quid- political quiz is nice for that because it will tell you where you fit at at least in that snapshot and moment of time on this uh you know on the, the spectrum and I'll point out, if you're in high school yourself, you're a pro-liberty person in high school or college, try to reach out and do the same thing. Because I had teachers essentially invite me to talk about libertarianism when I was active right. in clubs and in classes in high school. Yeah, start a club up, uh, find a teacher to sponsor it, get out there and you know get information into people's hands. So hopefully down the line we can have a generational shift toward a more pro-liberty thinking. Uh, I know, it's thinking big, but we might as well. Hour three's coming up. You bring up anything, it's Free Talk Live. This is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. 
You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a Front Sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T dot com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's FrontSight.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour of the show tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. And they record every call and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner right at the top of freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. We go to your phone calls where Jason is on the line in Oregon. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, just on the school, as far as uh, I think the most important thing you can do is talk to young people. And being a recent convert to liberty through you guys it's going to become a goal of mine. I have, I just know a recent graduate of college, and through the things that I do, I know a lot of young people. So it seems like probably right off the bat, one of the, the most important things I can do for liberty right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and the ideas of liberty are, uh, you know, well entrenched among young people right now. They're popular, and um, I, I, I think that this is the time uh, that, uh, you know, liberty really has an opportunity to get some legs and go someplace. Yeah, I mean, from what I hear from your show, I'm a bit of an anomaly in that I, I was extremely liberal myself um, until I, you know, switched over. And so a lot of my friends are also extremely liberal, coming from a small liberal arts college, West Coast liberal public schools. <laughs> I don't know. That, I don't. I don't think you're that big of an anomaly, honestly. I mean, uh, both Ian and I probably came from the more conservative side, but you know, there's a you know, surprising number of listeners. I would have thought that it was you know a, basically a, a you know a conversion process for conservatives, but it's just that's what I thought originally. But it's just not. I, you know, liberals get the ideas. In fact, they get them faster. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the, a few weeks ago you said something like, oh, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And I was going to say, well, I'm one of the people that it happened to overnight. I listened to your podcast like twice, and I was like, non-aggression. Well, oh, that's what I've been missing, you know, mm. and why I haven't been involved in any sort of, you know, political uh, participation at all. 
up until now. Well, um, I guess I – yeah, you're right. Uh, liberals get it uh, faster in the sense that essentially all they have to do is get the non-aggression principle, and it's generally something that they can get pretty easily. Most liberals aren't for violence. Most conservatives are for violence. Um, that's how it's you know sort of – worked out these days since uh, the post-Reagan revolution kind of thing. And, um, you know, so you can convert, if you can get liberals to see the violence inherent in the state, and usually that's only going to be the young ones, but if you can get them to mm-hmm. see it, they'll just, uh, they'll, they'll convert in a second. Well, and that brings me to my next point. I have a good friend who I was talking with it about, and I got her to concede that point, and then she's like, well, what's the solution? So I start talking about, you know, market-based um, system, uh, and, and she's like, well, I'm like, look, I, you know, I, I listened to this book, uh, The Market for Liberty, and I explained her some of the ideas in it, and, and, and she was like, well, that's all great and dandy, but that sounds like a whole lot of work, and I'm just lazy. I don't want to have to go find a company to manage my road and a company to do this and a company to do that, you know, when we've already got, you know, a, a, a company already. Companies will come to you in order to manage the things that you need to manage. Um, you know, I mean, if you salesmen—that's what they do. Yeah, if you, if you need to get on a road and go uh, go someplace, they're going to make it so it's easy as possible for you to travel on that uh, that that road. Also, I'd also like to point out that uh, you know that, that the FAA is keeping the idea of flying cars from being a reality. I'd, I'd also additionally like to point out that a lot of people don't even have to worry about these things because they're already taken care of by a company. Do you live in an apartment complex, for instance? I mean, the apartment complex is handling the groundskeeping. They're handling the uh, you know the, par- the garbage. They're handling the parking lots, the paving, whatever sorts of things, the pool maintenance. I mean, they're, they're handling all of that stuff, and you pay for it in, uh, in your monthly rent. So there would be totally would be ways for, uh, for, for someone like her to avoid that. Now, if she wants to go live out in the country, uh, well, right now, like you were talking about earlier tonight, Mark, you have to clear your own driveway. That's your responsibility. You could hire someone to do it. You do it yourself. But I you have could. hundreds of feet of driveway, and, yeah. and I've got to do it. But you could call sure, up. Yeah. Yes, sir? Well, and so, I mean, ultimately, I, I mean, my after thinking about this for a while, I was like, well, the first thing I would do would be a life management company yep. that, that basically combines all those, you know, you're, you're the, the go-between for your customer sure. to all of these different companies. I'm sure you'd have overnight dozens of those competing for your business. Absolutely. Hey, we'll make it easy for you. We'll send you one bill. You, uh, you pay that one bill, and we take care of paying for the garbage. We take care of paying for the yard maintenance you know, for somebody that's not living in an apartment where all of that's already handled. Uh, yeah, just simplifying people's uh, – the marketplace would definitely be in demand, I think, for for a service like that, a simplification or bill simplification uh, service. And, you know, they could make the claim that we'll guarantee you the lowest price on, uh, you know, these different products and, and services, or we'll do our best to find a low price. If you find a lower price, bring it to us, and, you know, we'll uh, we'll bring it into our plan or something like that. I mean, th- that could very easily be done. Great point. Well, and, and to a certain extent, I think because of that, our, our ability to do that, I think, means that eventually liberty is going to become inevitable because of, of technology. Is The spread of ideas have become so – it's so easy that, that eventually, you know, my, my friend's argument like that, her laziness will, will be solved. Right. I don't know. It, it, seems, like, it seems like the, the, the way our, uh, we're evolving technologically is going to make, uh, you know, uh, a, uh, a violent government 
um, impossible. Jason, you're absolutely right. Because, I mean, today I'm holding in my hand what they're calling a smartphone, and I can go on the Internet and I can look up whatever I want, and, um, you know, I can find all these things on the Internet. How far really are we from uh, the point where I have to say to this little device, uh, solve my garbage problem in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, and it's going to, you know, give me several solutions, and I'll say, choice C. I, you yeah. know, it doesn't seem like we're that far. It seems like we're, you know, five five years removed p- p- possibly from that. And so, very technology, I do believe, is going to make, uh, you know, the, the fact that I think that uh, complete liberty is inevitability. I don't know when or how or what it's going to, uh, you know, going to happen as, and I don't think that there's any reason to stick anyone to the ceiling about uh, roads and cops and courts, but I do think all those um, solutions can be solved with the communication revolution that's going on. Entrepreneurs uh, are, I mean, historically have made fortunes off of lazy people, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. if, you're, if you're too lazy to, uh, to go around and price check, if you're too lazy to contact different service providers to see what the different deals are and you just go ahead and pick one of them, then whoever that is, if they were charging too much, they just, you know, they made out pretty well on that deal. So, or an entrepreneur will, uh, will come to, to lazy people and say, hey, I'll offer to, to make your life easier. Here's my product. Here's my wowie zowie, uh, you know, product, unique product or service that is going to make your life that much easier. You won't even have to get up to change the channel on our TV set. Right? I mean, remote yeah. control? I mean, that's, that's a great example of some entrepreneur who came up with an idea that has made people's lives easier. They don't have to get off the damn couch now to change the channel. I just saw that for a water faucet that doesn't have a handle. You touch it anywhere on the faucet to turn it on or off. Wow. And uh, if you go to, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's, they've got these little LED lights that they, you can put in the faucet. It will tell, you don't have to touch the water to find out whether the if water's hot. hot or not. It'll have a little LED light in it wow. that it turns from blue to red <laughs> in order to indicate the, indicate the heat of the water. That's cool. Great. So, yes, the entrepreneurs will solve her uh, pr- her problem. If she wants to be lazy, as long as she's willing to pay the price, uh, she can be lazy. So a question then. So I've got my extremely liberal friend, and I've convinced them of these things. But they're not going to go out and move to New Hampshire, and they're not going to do anything extremely active sure. in the cause of liberty, even though I might have changed their worldview. Right. What, what's one thing I could tell one of them to do? Oh, I don't that, know. That would that would that would that, that would help the snowball effect. Hmm. You know, I don't know what little things people can do. I don't do. think there's anything you can say. I mean, maybe there is, but there's nothing in that I can think of at least. I don't think there's anything hmm. that you can say that will show them the gravity of the situation and how important it is to change it. I mean, if they're looking at the stories of the police abuse and they're looking at the, you know, the, these awful tyrannical uh, instances that we see so often in this program, and they're not saying they're willing to do anything about it, then maybe they just need to see more of it. They need to listen to Free Talk Live in order to see some of the severity of what's going on and perhaps, uh, you know, recommend the show to other people. Thanks for the call tonight. Hopefully that helps, and I appreciate hearing from you. More coming up. You dial in. Bring up whatever you want it's free talk live this is free talk live your show you bring up whatever you want dial in toll free 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line 800-259-9231 and tonight it's ian with you and nick and mark and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com all the features are totally free so enjoy those on us Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
As uh, we continue here, uh, I want to tell you about Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose, and in every genre, Audible has it covered. You can get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook. And uh, one of my producers makes uh, a good point here about the idea of a management company. We were we've been talking about essentially the the question that we'd had from our last caller was, well, my liberal friends are concerned. Uh, what about they're kind of getting the idea of transitioning to a, a freer, uh, more voluntary society, market-based uh, economy co- instead of coercion, having voluntary interactions. They're kind of understanding it. But what about this lady who says that she's lazy? She doesn't want to go and and sign up for. Uh, for someone to take care of her garbage. She doesn't want to go and sign up for someone to, to take care of clearing the snow and, and all of that stuff that she feels. She'd have that extra responsibility, right? They don't want that responsibility. And, of course, we pointed out that the marketplace will come to you and offer you these services, and they'll offer it in an easy-to-consume way. One of the ideas suggested by the caller himself, which is a great idea, is that some sort of management company uh, will be offered. Several management companies would essentially come to you with a package and say, look, we'll take care of all this for you. You pay us once a month or however often, and we'll take care of paying all the the service providers. And my producer points out that because the management companies will be buying in bulk, essentially, they may actually be able to get you a better rate than what you might be able to get on your own. So there's a very real possibility that the management company in that case will become quite uh, quite popular and a real alternative to the coercive monopoly government system Give people a, a you know even better rate than they otherwise would get. Something to think about. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue here as we go to Darren in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Darren. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind um, tonight? I am currently in my last year at government school, um, and today was Obama's speech, which everyone knows about. I don't want to talk too much about that, mm-hmm. but it fueled a lot of discussion about politics from the kinds of kids in the school that normally wouldn't talk about such things. And I realized, listening to these conversations that people were having around me, how difficult it could be to have serious conversations with them because they have such a limited political base. Um, One girl in my study hall went from talking about how her taxes at her part-time job were so bad and how she could afford so much more if she had less taxes directly into talking about how college should be free in America. <laughs> yes, I, uh, they're confused. Yeah, it's, they're very confused, and that could definitely make people a little more difficult to talk to. Well, you're dealing with two things. Uh, You're dealing with the fact that kids don't know what the hell they're talking about because they have no real experience. Well, that's not necessarily true. I've heard plenty of kids make articulate points, and they understand that you can't both have low taxes and a bunch of government spending. It's just they have to be told that. First, I mean, they have to understand that first, and likely she's never really gotten to that. I'm not talking about the brilliant. 
If you don't get the basics by the time you're 17 or 18, you're probably just never going to get it. A lot no, of Americans don't. No, that's not true. No. A lot of people don't I agree they don't, but they have to be taught at some point. And, um, no, they don't. Because a lot of them never okay. get taught that. I'm just saying, if, they <laughs> if they're going to be get taught, it, they have to be taught at some point. And I agree. I, you, you know, Nick, I understand you're a very smart kid, and you got it on, uh, got it early. I did not, and I, but I did get it at some point, and. Uh, you know, it, you're in your thirties. Well, uh, I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I certainly was getting the ideas of small government along the way, but um, you know, I, I think that uh, this girl just needed a, a little conversation from from you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I wasn't saying that all kids uh, don't get it, but generally, the people he's talking about, the ones that are they're contradictory, they're saying contradictory things, they're confused. That con- that confusion can be cleared up. But the other thing you're dealing with is that you yourself also have limited experience, and you may not be the best uh, person at communicating some of these ideas. You may you may understand them pretty effectively. You may you may get the ideas of liberty, but you may not be too effective at actually spreading those ideas. So you yourself have to work on uh, you work on your communication skills and your abilities and your persuasive methods. And I recommend the uh, the Advocates for Self Government. They're a great organization that's dedicated to helping liberty minded people become better communicators of these ideas. And that way, when you have the conversations with these people that are confused, you can help clear up that confusion for them in a much more uh, efficacious manner. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of what I was thinking of getting at. I am relatively new to the ideas of liberty, and so I'm not good at communicating. And I have all year to work on that, and I think that would definitely be a good thing to look at for me. Yeah, it's a great time. I mean, to start uh, to start developing communication skills earlier on in your life, great time to do it. Uh, you've, you're in school, so you probably have plenty of free time on your hands. There's no better time than than right now uh, for you, at least. To and and that I think that statement stands for everybody, regardless of what point they're at in their life. There's no better time than than here and now to improve your ability well, to communicate these and ideas. And you have a unique opportunity because a lot of your audience is going to be other people your age. One of the benefits of having people that don't know what they're talking about is that they really haven't formed a cohesive view of the world yet. So it's actually better to jump in now and talk to people who are, say, Mm -hmm. in their teens than try to talk to somebody who's 40 or 50 and has basically put together, for right or wrong, their own vision of how the world works and they have their own ideas set in stone, more or less. Not to mention the fact that to to a 38-year-old man like myself, uh, you're, you're, what, 17, 18 years old? You can't say anything intelligent. Like, you can't be right to a 38-year-old man. There's no 38-year-old man in the world that's going to say, oh, well, that's a good point, Sonny. I guess I'm going to change my political point of view because of that articulate bit of uh, nonsense that you just put together. It's He's just not going to do it. That's a sad statement, but it's probably generally true. <laughs> By and large, true. There may be some open, open-minded true. 38-year-old folks that uh, you might be able to, to generate some rapport with and, and then down the line show them that you're an intelligent young man and you're worthy of being listened to. I think you're better off cornering your 38-year-old male teacher at, uh, during class verbal, oh, in, a verbal, him up. in a verbal tete-a-tete, which I don't know that necessarily you're the man to take on, by the way, because you have to know quite a bit about liberty in order to do this. Otherwise, they'll stump you um, and to convert some people in the classroom. Darren, other thoughts for us tonight? Uh, I really got nothing much more. I just kind of wanted to share that with yeah, you. Yeah, thank you, and, and feel free to call back in and uh, give us updates on how you're doing throughout the year as uh, as far as talking about these ideas and how successful you've been. Thank you for the call tonight, and good luck. 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And, of course, you're going to have to expect some bumps in the road. You're going to have to expect uh, that you're going to botch it up and someone's going to catch you uh, without an answer. They've caught us on the air plenty of times. Sure. And then in that case, the answer is, I don't know. Let me look into that. I'll get back to you. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything. Uh, you, well, share communications tips or whatever's on your mind tonight goes. It is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb has given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. Talk Live, your show, you bring up anything, toll-free 800-259-9231, that's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, tonight it is Ian with you, and Nick, and Mark, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, uh, they include the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive there. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. If you've ever wished you didn't have to push the shopping cart all the way back to the store, didn't have to make so many trips to the grocery um, ba- uh, to get the groceries out of the car, um, you can try Totasac. I've been using it at my house for the last uh, month or so, and it's a little pl- plastic handle made out of 100% recycled material. It's designed to simplify all kinds of carrying tasks, although I've been using it mostly for groceries, uh, and I have carried a five-gallon bucket with it, and it makes it a heck of a lot easier to carry that thing. Um, you can go to totasac.com. It's spelled T-O-T-A-S-A-K.com, and you can get uh, you can get a family pack today. It, it can carry a heck of a lot more than you can. It's totasac.com. All right, we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. We go to Hitman in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Hitman. Hi there. How's it going? Just super. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I was listening to someone who called, I believe it was last night, talking about getting skeptics involved in the liberty movement. Yes. And um, I had a few little thoughts on that, uh, being a skeptic myself and uh, having spent a lot of time in skeptic forums and blogs and conventions and that type of thing. And I don't know that that's really going to be very successful Hmm. because, I mean, you would think if you just use reason and rationality on on economics, uh, you would come to a freedom-oriented conclusion. Yeah, you'd think. But, yeah, uh, but for the most part, uh, most skeptics lean to the left and in some cases are very lefty. And, you know, in, in one breath, they'll tell you that, uh, you know, uh, creationists are idiots, and in the other, tell you that we really need universal health care because health care should be a right. There's a, a disconnect there between uh, reality, you know, skeptics refer to themselves uh, as, as reality-based, but they seem to kind of leave that at the door, uh, at least a lot of them do. A libertarian skeptic is, uh, I won't say rare, but not nearly as common as you would expect. Hmm. 
So, so are you saying that a, like a skeptic on one hand is is very very logical, but on the other hand might just dismiss most other people as beneath him? Like for instance, well, you know, all your points make sense, Hitman, but those people are stupid. So you know, we just can't be allowing them to have freedom, can we? Um, I don't know that it's really that. I think it's more in 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 the subject area. You know, nobody I don't think is is a is a true skeptic in every single subject area. Yeah. And you can have people that are uh, very skeptical about most things, but uh, that are religious. And you know, they'll tell you up front, well, I don't apply skepticism to that part of my life because. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a deist or a pantheist or whatever, and it makes me feel good. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I know that doesn't line up with skepticism, but that's okay. I am skeptical about all these other things. And in an awful lot of cases, you find that their skepticism doesn't apply to economics. I can't tell you how many times I've heard skeptics say, you know, I really love Michael Shermer, except when he starts going off on that libertarian crap. I wish he'd just shut up about that stuff. Hmm. Amazing. And there's, a, you know, they, they don't see that, uh, you know, Michael Shermer's viewpoint comes from his skepticism and saying, well, look, this is the way we've done it. Uh, this is the claims of the people in power. Uh, this is the reality. And, uh, you know, we're supposed to be reality-based as skeptics. Um, how come... Um, how, how come... Uh, uh, we're not doing this, and and all over the place, skeptics are like, no, no, we we need universal health care, and and uh, public education is vitally important, and their skepticism just doesn't even apply to that. So, would you say that I they with, that their their skepticism breaks down when it comes to um, being skeptical of authority figures? I mean, like you know, they can be skeptical of things that seem easy to be skeptical of, like uh, kookery and quackery and and things like that. But if it's coming from a man in a, a lab coat or a man wearing a suit and a hat, uh, you know, calling themselves a politician, then it you know they're not as they're not as skeptical. I think that's a lot of it uh, because um, everything is very science-based, and if science says it, then it's correct, and and that's generally, I think, a, a, a healthy way to look at things. But they'll leave their skepticism at the door. For instance, um, you know, they'll they'll all tell you, you know, homeopathy is crap. Uh, uh, you know, horoscopes are foolish. Uh, but if you say, you know, I'm not quite sure about global warming. Uh, about ninety percent of them will say, "Oh, you're not a real skeptic." You know, it's, it's <laughs> you're uh, not a real almost... skeptic because you're skeptical. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, it's almost like you see this like with other cult. organizations. I think one of the one of the biggest problems with libertarians is you know they spend so much time uh, arguing over who has the biggest L. You know, and I say, well, look, you know, I'm a small L libertarian, and I agree with 90%. And I've heard you do this, Ian, say, well, you have no principles. <laughs> and so people, you know, divide themselves in these little camps when they could be, since they agree on 80% or 90% of the things, um, they're, uh, they're just kind of saying, oh, no, 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 you, you're, you're not pure enough. And... So, well, of course, know, the irony experience. is that uh, that you're more pure than they are because you are actually skeptical in those areas in which they have decided to put the skepticism aside. Well, I don't know so much that they've put it aside in that they've looked at it from a skeptic's viewpoint and said, well, you know what, since 90% of the 
uh, atmospheric scientists out there say that global warming is real and that man is the result of it. I don't think anybody disagrees that we've warmed up some in the past century. That's You can't argue with that. Um, you know, we've gone up a, a degree or a degree and a half in the past century. The real argument is, is it man that's doing it? Is it normal cycles? And also, you know, what can we do to change it? And, you know, 90% of them, if you start, if you say, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure, uh, from, from, you know, this authority figure over here says no, they say yes, but we have 90% over here that say yes. And, um, Should, shouldn't you know, skeptics you, be skeptical of majority rule? <laughs> you'd think they would be, don't, yeah. you know? Um, you know, science is, is, has never been ruled by majority rule. It's right. never been ruled by consensus. It's ruled by who's right. Absolutely. I mean, just look at the, uh, the flat earthers. I mean, the people that uh, thought back in the long time ago that the earth was flat, that you'd fall off the edge. I mean, the scientists or the accepted authorities of the time would have you know, been 99% uh, in alignment with that particular viewpoint. But yet it was you know, the nutter who, uh, at that time who thought that the world was round. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I like the idea of, as far as the liberty movement, making the tent as big as possible. Uh, but I'm with difficult you. Because you've got folks that are, that, uh, you know, as far as the skeptics are concerned, another issue that you're going to find with skeptics is um, you've got someone who is, you know, skeptics are evolutionists, like 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably atheists. 90%. So they're not even skeptical and, of evolution. Yeah. They I mean they they've sort of picked their camps based on their their analysis of what they've seen and they're not even mm-hmm. skeptical of their own ex, of what they've accepted. Right. Well, I mean you you do come to a point where you you know you sit there and you you, you look at something and you examine it and you you learn about it and you say, "Well, yeah, this is true." Um, you're not going to spend the rest of your life questioning that. Examining okay. it. Yeah. It's like if you're arguing with a truther and right. you say, ah, oh, well, they're they're full of beans, and you 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 look at you look at what they're presenting, and you say, ah, this is garbage, this is stupid. Are you every time they come at you with something new, are you going to keep? I I guess talking the, to them, you know, keep yeah, saying, yeah, uh, sure, oh, sure. Well, I have to consider this too. I guess the you trick with the where you with the uh, I guess the trick with the skeptics would be to somehow successfully show them that they're not actually being skeptical in areas in which they should be skeptical without triggering too much cognitive dissonance. Thank you for the call, Hitman. Good uh, good points. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. Don't forget to join Nick over at his website, Freeminds TV, or excuse me, freemindsmedia.com. You can uh, experience Freeminds TV and Freeminds Radio there. What's coming up on this week's episode, Nick, of Freeminds TV? Uh, we have a follow-up on last week's llama story. The llama story. Uh, what was that again? Uh, some police had tasered attempted to tranquilize and lasso a llama that had gotten loose and was apparently eating vegetables out of people's gardens uh, in, I believe it was Minnesota. But it still got away even after they had shot it. With a firearm? With a firearm. Wow. So there's an update to that story. You'll find out what it is this week at freemindsmedia.org or .com or both. 
And of course, they've got blogs. They've got the Free Minds uh, Radio, Free Minds Television. It's all there. If you need, if you want more great pro liberty uh, content, video and audio, both, you can find it at freemindsmedia.com. And of course, our website is freetalklive.com. And we're brought to you by the Free State Project. If you're frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live and are tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life. Well, what if you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active? Would you join them? Well, you can. Just join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org as we continue with your phone calls going to Ontario, where Rob is on the line. Hello, Rob. You're on the air. Free Talk Live. Uh, gentlemen. Hey there. I, I want to talk about the reaction that uh, Mark's wife had, and I'm sure other women have, uh, to the topless, process, uh, topless protest. And, and, Mark, I think you said that you just didn't even go there because you knew you weren't going to be allowed to go or whatever. Yeah, essentially, I mean, she supported this uh, women's, uh, you know, because when we talked about it, uh, it, was, it was still in the theoretical, and it wasn't uh, clear as to how many women were going to do the topless protest, and it turned out to be one. Um, but, you know, she, she supported the idea that women should be equal. And that was a surprise to you, wasn't it? Not really. No? I mean, you know, she, I... <laughs> She, she, who knows what what positions she's going to take on uh, something? A lot of people are very arbitrary. What was her objection for, uh, uh, for you going or not what, going? What business would I have going? But wouldn't you be there supporting someone that wants to support liberty? Why wasn't I? Why haven't I been out supporting all the other people who want liberty when, they, <laughs> when they're out uh, hoeing? I have I have a feeling that uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that it was because the the young lady was topless. Well, um, like, I think that uh, the reason I didn't ask is because it would seem like an inappropriate time to, to start going out and supporting the outside-the-system activists. So you have to ask for permission to go out and do activism? No, it would give the impression that Mark was going to see boobs, because which is what he would be doing. That's well, what I would be doing. Well, I guess my point is, is that if the topless protest is not sexual and not intended to be sexual, then a woman not allowing her husband or her boyfriend to go just underlines the point that it is sexual and that it, is, it isn't about freedom. And I think that, you know, women, sh if they want to have equality, they, they then have to let their, trust their men to go to the, such an event to support liberty and trust that it isn't, they're not going for a sexual purpose. I understand the point being made. I understand the point being made. My wife would let me go to a topless bar if that's the reason I was going. However, my wife doesn't like to be made a fool of, uh, like most people, and it seems to me <laughs> that um, if I were going to this, that's what it would look like, and that's the reason I didn't approach the subject and wouldn't have. Well, I, you know, and I don't want to personalize this too much, no. but I, I'm, I'm just wondering. I mean, I think some women really have to uh, sort of check their motivation and in trying to control their husbands in this type of regard because i mean it it it, it isn't a, it wasn't a sexual event well and, we've got and, we we have a friend and i'm not going to name any names but we have a friend who is uh has a relationship that is he's having a tough time with uh because the lady in question is a very jealous type uh to the point where you know if they're walking down the street and an attractive lady passes the other direction. If she sees him looking at the attractive lady, uh, you know, she'll blow up 
later, maybe not right then, but later on, and it's it's a real issue. If he goes to a you know some sort of uh, event, event or, anywhere. or convention, she has to be with him, and if she's not, she gets incredibly jealous because there might be other women there, and he might be talking to them. And I, you know, I think that kind of stems from an ins- an insecurity, and I think oh, that's definitely. what you're what you're touching on here is that somehow these uh, these women. I'm sure it happens with men too. Men, you know, being jealous of their uh, girlfriends for eyeballing another man. Uh, so these sure, people none of us here in a relationship with a man. Right, uh, but but these people who are very very jealous of their partners in that way are are really they're ignoring uh, human instinct, right? I mean, they're ignoring that, yeah. Okay, men are going to be attracted to other women, and similarly, women will be attracted to other men. You know, the question is, does your partner respect you enough to actually allow you to uh, to make those actions without trying to jump down your throat? And I think that uh, I think that the people that don't allow that are, are I think that's a sad relationship to uh, to be yeah, in. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's uh, what does it say when you know you need permission? from your spouse to do something. I mean, it's, it's one thing if you're going to step out uh, of the relationship and you're going on a date that night. That's not that's not reasonable. But you're going out with the guys or you're going out to a topless protest to support liberty. I mean, there should be no question. Yeah, what time are you going to be home? But that, I, I agree with you. And But in my case, would I have been going to support liberty? And that's what you have to ask yourself. Have I gone to support liberty in any other of these, uh, uh, you know, activists outside the system? You've gone to some courtroom stuff. Some courtroom stuff, yeah. You were at Sam's trial. Is that outside the system? And uh, Sam's trial was Is Cassidy outside the system with the topless protest? No. Seems like it's outside the system. Why is that outside the system? It's legal what she did. Wait, I'm sorry, Rob, what was that? Uh, what, what do you mean? By, define the system. I mean, what, when is it outside or inside the system? It seemed to me that when, when you're intentionally breaking the laws, um, you're doing outside the system activism. Oh, I see what you're saying. And she was it, out it, intentionally breaking the laws. How many it, of these it, events well, actually, where I have been? But fine, whatever. Um, out where, where I have been. It, it's tough to draw that line, I think. Okay, fine. Um, so, so she was testing the bounds of the laws intentionally. Um, I, have, I don't believe I've been out to any of these events where anyone has done this at all. You didn't go to the marijuana uh, thing with Andrew, Andrew Carroll? Nope. Nope. So, well, I mean, I mean you could why just, would I start at that point? I don't see why not. And, and, and so what? So what if it was your purpose to go and see Cassidy's breasts? I mean, so what? I, I didn't care that much either. Right. I know you don't care that much. And and shouldn't she know also that you don't really care that much? Should, should she be surprised by the fact that you're going out uh, to do this? I mean, it should, shouldn't she just, like you said, well, what time are you going to be home? I didn't uh, ask. Right. I said I don't want to go. Well, you know, good luck with that. But I just uh, I think women uh, have to uh, trust their men. I think it's a fair and, point. However, yeah. I think in my circumstance that you might have drawn the wrong conclusion from the circum. You know, uh, from yeah, I, I where, think I did, and, but, and that's why I didn't want to personalize it too yeah. much. But, and, uh, but I do there's agree. There's lots of wives I think that yes. would object to their you know, male partners going out to see boobies. Yes, absolutely. They would. they would make a huge deal of it, and that wouldn't be necessarily what was going on. You're here. cheating. Me. Yeah, right. By somehow right, looking, care, by somehow looking at uh, someone who's of the opposite sex that is not your significant other, you're you're somehow cheating. That mindset a, is. Yeah, it could be a very huge deal uh, to go to a, a strip club for some guys. Yeah, that 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 mindset is a uh, is really I think negative, and it it belies that you don't trust your partner, as you're saying, Rob. I mean, yeah. if you don't trust your partner, why are you with them? 
and in addition to that, it's, then it's just some sort of control freak thing. I mean, there was an episode of Penn and Teller's BS this particular season, season seven, uh, where they, ha- they, they took on lie detectors. And there are these people that – now, of course, lie detectors are total BS, and that's what they point out here in, in, the, in the episode. But during the process of pointing that out, they go into this guy's office who is essentially a lie detector guy for hire. And who hires him? Well, people who don't trust their partner. And it was just so sad. This couple, this young couple comes in there, and this woman is putting her uh, male uh, partner through the ringer, basically. Like, you know, she's trying to decide whether or not she wants to stay with this guy. So in order to decide whether or not she wants to stay with him, she brings him to a lie detector guy and has him sit down and answer questions about a bachelor party he went to. And inevitably, the the lie detector guy essentially cold reads the guy and ba- you know badgers him into answering a question that he otherwise would feel pretty uncomfortable answering in front of this intensely jealous uh, woman that he's with. Well, turns out that she wasn't very comfortable with some of the things he did at the uh, at the bachelor party. You know, touching on he touched one of the strippers or something like that, and maybe she kissed him. Or you know, he was drunk. It was in Vegas. It was a bachelor party. Uh, there's no understanding here on her part. She was looking for an excuse to uh, to cut this guy out of her life. She ended up doing it. Probably was the best damn thing that could have happened to him, honestly. But it was a great example of just how controlling some of these people can be. Do you really want to be in that relationship? Thanks, Rob, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. And it has been Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. If you don't trust your partner, then... What have you got? And if it doesn't stay in Vegas like it's supposed to, I mean, the (laughs) advertising's wrong. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. Okay, it's an extended edition of Free Talk Live. We are on with the man behind Midas Resources and the Genesis Communications Network, uh, which, of course, is our wonderful syndicate that has been taking care of uh, the the behind-the-scenes stuff of producing Free Talk Live and getting us out to radio affiliates since 2004. Uh, Ted Anderson, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Well, thanks for having me back again, Ian, and I think you're giving me more credit where the credit is due, certainly where the work of you that you've been putting forth. So, Well, we certainly wouldn't anyway, be able to... We might as well... Might as well talk about what we're going to hear, be here to talk about. Yes, indeed. Well, I, first I'd like to talk about uh, disclosure. Uh, I, I want to make sure that everybody understands that we are not getting compensated for this interview and that, uh, you know, I, we, we certainly work together because you are, uh, you run Midas and you run Genesis, um, but we are, you know, you're not, you're not paying us for this interview or anything like that. We just have an arrangement with Genesis where we, um, you know, offer some really great uh, silver and gold pieces to our listenership and, um, you know, and we, we do the, get compensated yeah. on uh, any purchases right. through gold.freetalklive.com and silver.freetalklive.com. And we've advocated to our listeners to buy gold and silver for years, and so now they can buy it through us and through Genesis. Yep, and, and it really does make a convenient way uh, to take care of the gold issue. Uh, people do need it at this time, obviously. I mean, we're looking at uh, gold hit a high today in the United States market, 1890 then ended up closing at 995.20. But the aftermarket, the uh, foreign, the foreign markets right now are sitting at a thousand ninety. So I, I don't think that this bull market is over in gold at all. And certainly, with what's going on in our political realm and our political world, there's there's plenty of reason, plenty of cause for concern. And not only just for us, but I mean, just take a look at what's going on in China right now. I mean, they're alarmed right now by the U.S. money printing, and that's what's right on Drudge Report. And yep. there's just, I mean article after article that 
that indicates that that's what's going on. So obviously precious metals is important at this time. I, I can absolutely concur. Um, and, and would you talk about a little bit about the difference between gold and silver? I've been uh, recently been I've been hearing a lot of people say that silver is really great, and uh, you know I, I kind of look around on the internet, but I haven't studied it as thoroughly. It's not my business like it is uh, for you. But I mean, um, what do you think? Well, I think either either of the two precious metals will be a, a good alternative to a fiat paper currency that the Federal Reserve is offering us. Um, the silver is, is great for somebody who wants to get involved in a smaller number. Um, for that kind of person that wants to put in hundreds of thousands of dollars, you're going to find out that it's very heavy, cumbersome, and very difficult yeah. to uh, transport. Sure. Um, that's where gold comes in, and it's much more convenient for that reason alone. I always have recommended that people just take a look at it, figure out what, you know, what kind of storage they have, how much money they want to work with, if you have just a small amount of money, stick with silver. If you're if you're dealing with maybe ten to twenty thousand dollars or perhaps a hundred, you know, diversify into gold too. And uh, gold has been money going all the way back to when the Egyptians walked this earth. Um, obviously, it'll continue to be money in the future. It's much more trustworthy than uh, again a fiat paper currency. Uh, and like my commercial says, that grows weaker every day. Uh, it just, it does. I mean, there, as long as we have a debt-based economic system like we do, you're going to continue to see, like we have right now, Congress looking to pass an even, an even higher debt level that this country can go into, and they have to continue to do that, and you'll see less and less resistance. And here there, Congress is, you know, the Democrats are blaming the Republicans, the Republicans are blaming the Democrats. It has nothing to do with this. You know, it's, yeah. it's just a big smokescreen and a facade. Has nothing to do with political parties. It, it, it has everything to do with a monetary system that's designed to drive this country into the hole. Yeah, it doesn't matter um, you know, which side uh, takes control. Neither of them is going to be able to stop. It's designed for failure. I, you know, that's just the the fact of the matter. Is there's no how, how many fiat currencies, Ted, out there have been around for a hundred years? Is there is there any of them? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't think there's anything like that that has been able to survive for a hundred years. I mean, we've seen what the United States dollar has since, done since 1971 when it was totally separated from from any gold or silver standard at all. Yeah. And uh, you look at a chart, and 90-plus percent of its value is gone, disappeared, completely gone. Anybody that, you know, if anybody saved their money in 1970 and went back to get it again, they'd be able to spend you know, 10 cents on the dollar, and that's all the, all the goods and services they would get. So we've so often... I'm sorry. Uh, we often say um, on the air that the the dollar's lost uh, 96 to 97 percent of its value, and you're saying that most of that uh, loss in value has occurred since 1970 when they went completely off the uh, any metal backed currency standard. Oh yeah. If you take a look at a chart, and you can you can find them online, you can see when that currency has has separated in 1971. You can watch the national debt go up, and on the same incline. The value of the currency go down. They work hand in hand with one another. You know, it, it, once they separated the United States dollar from from a, uh, a commodity like gold, there was no limitations after that, and uh, it's accelerating. It's a compounding problem. It's going to get worse. Our children are going to have uh, going to see you know much worse circumstances than we do, and their children, you know, God help them. It's just not. They're you know they're uh, honestly. 
I don't see how the United States dollar is going to get through the next 20 years. I don't either. No. I'm hoping the United States doesn't get through the next 20 <laughs> years myself. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. I mean, I'm not an, uh, an, an expert investor or money man or anything like that. I, I consider myself intelligent enough to be able to handle my own finances, but I'm not much of, you know, I don't know about all the different funds and stuff like that. But gold and silver has always been a no-brainer for me. I mean, when you look at those numbers like you're talking about, with the fiat dollar losing value consistently over time, and you look at gold and silver keeping up, uh, you know they, they, you can point out that an ounce of gold will essentially buy what it bought a hundred years ago. Today, you can get a you know fine suit of clothes or whatever for an ounce of gold, and you can also get a uh, you could have gotten that same thing uh, back at the turn of the century. Would you say that's accurate? That's very accurate. You can go back a hundred years, a thousand years, six thousand years, and you're going to find the same to be true. The fiat currency system, obviously not. That book that you sent to me, Dishonest Money, what an awesome read that is. Yeah. We just put that on your landing page, and for the cost of the book, the normal retail price, we're putting that walking liberty half inside of the page. We're going to do something very similar, similar to what we do with the creature from Jekyll Island on that. And I would suggest everybody take a look at that because basically if you if, – if more importantly than anything else, even more important than buying gold and silver, is to understand how the economic system works. Yeah, you cannot you cannot solve the problems of this country without understanding this one very issue that faces us. And so, Joe Plummer does a great job of laying it out in about 128 pages, and uh, or it's 183 pages. And I I, I got to say I was very impressed. So you can actually go to uh, gold.freetalklive.com, and now on the list of things that you can purchase beneath the the uh, the, fr- the 20 francs, the Lakota, the half dollar, the Walking Liberty half dollar, and the uh, British Sovereign, you'll see Dishonest Money, which uh, was an advertiser in the past on uh, Free Talk yeah, Live. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, um, you know, as... Uh, well, hold I'm, on, Mark. And you, you, if you order Dishonest Money for what looks like $20.99 here, um, I presume plus shipping. Oh, no, excuse me, fifteen ninety nine. Oh, no, that is that... That's with shipping included. So fifteen ninety nine. We're trying to figure out how to price it, and so it's twenty dollars ninety nine cents. You get the Walking Liberty with it. Right. So you get the book, which explains the uh, the monetary system. You get a uh, Walking Liberty half dollar, uh, which is point nine silver. So it's ninety percent silver, and that's one of the products we've been offering here over the last couple weeks. You get the book and the the uh, Walking Liberty half dollar, all for uh, less than twenty one dollars shipped. I got to say that that you know it's my favorite book and now it's got my favorite coin in it. I I am a uh, big fan of the Walking Liberty and that's why it's offered on the the website. And Ted, I'm I really wanted to put together a program because uh, you know people who have a little bit of money to invest they can figure out the gold and silver thing and certainly we're giving them an avenue to do that. But I think that the way I felt in my life for a very long time is I more or less live paycheck to paycheck. I made some pretty large paychecks, but I still just live paycheck to paycheck. And I um, would I wanted to have a program where I could invest some money on a weekly or monthly or biweekly, whatever I got my paycheck uh, basis, and it would go towards something of value. Um, and, you know, at the time that real estate made sense, and I did that with real estate and was reasonably successful, and now real estate doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but this commodity, silver or gold, does, and I was uh, wanted to set up a program where people could do that on a um, you know biweekly, monthly basis. And you managed to come up with something for us. We did. Um, at this point in time, you'll have to call for it. Well, we're looking into different avenues to make it so you can actually just click and put a credit card on it, and just have it a button on your website too. 
But if you call us at the uh, 877-857-9938, all you have to do is let your sales representative know what you want to do, what you want to purchase, and that you have to do it on layaway. Yep. And uh, you'll have to just put some money down just so we, you know, you, you have some skin in the game, as Barack Obama would say. <laughs> and uh, and and then uh, we'll hold it for you, and then you just have to continue to make payments. When you get it paid in full, we'll ship it to you. What's really great about this is um, silver, which is uh, had a really great day. Well, did it go up to 16 today? Um, you know, I, it went to sixteen dollars and eighty cents at its market so peak. It almost went to seventeen bucks today. It it, wow. it dipped down just a little bit at the end of the day, which honestly is a very good thing um, for because you know it's it's poised to go back up. Um, but silver had a uh, great day, but you'll lock the price in at the price that it's at currently. So um, today we have the Lakota Nation silver rounds for twenty two thirty, and the Walking Liberties for still eight dollars and sixty nine cents. I'm a big fan of those, and the shipping, um, you know, if you get 20 coins, the shipping's, uh, it's the best deal on shipping, so. Right, it divides it out amongst the shipping. Yeah, with the registered and insured mail, it's like you have this threshold they have to cross in order to get this delivered, and uh, and so, yeah, it would make sense for you to buy a roll or, you know, perhaps even if you can afford to pick up 100 because it's still going to be yep. the same number shipping. Sure, and if you're looking at, say, the, the Walking Liberty half, and, and there's all, you can get rolls of all these things that we're talking about here, but if you're looking at the Walking Liberty half um, and you get 20 coins, you're really not talking about that much money. 200 bucks, you put, say, 10% down on that, $20. Um, if you're looking at saving some money, and um, you know, $20 is no big deal to put down. For most then, people, yeah, you right, can find that. Sure, you can you can scrape that up out of the, the, the cushions of the couch, and then you, uh, you know, every week or whenever you get your paycheck, you put another $20 towards it, and then you'll have the Walking Liberties uh, shipped to you, and then you can start that little process all over again. You'll have the silver on hand, whether it's the, you know, th- this works with all the coins. You can do this with the British Sovereigns and the uh, Franks, too, and I wish I had done it and understood the math, and that's what I'm trying to port... Uh, to get across to my listeners here is, look, this is the best way to buy it. I really do believe. I've been looking at it and shy of... For those on a budget, it's I think that's yeah, absolutely the best way. Shy of spending 20 hours a week on eBay looking for the bottom 5% of uh, closers in the market and all that stuff. I don't have... Uh, it's time-consuming. It absolutely is. There's, uh, you know, you're, you're getting paid, what, 50 cents an hour for that kind of labor? If that tops, don't bother with it. Um, this is the very best way to do it. You'll get the, the lowest price, uh, and, and you'll get it uh, shipped at the best price. Now, you do have to call in to get the layaway plan. What's the number for that? Yeah, at this particular time, call 877-857-9938. Again, it's 877-857-9938. And, you know, I mean, for $20.99, get the book. You'll get your first Walking Liberty half in there. And we're, we're shipping those uh, priority mail. And it's a little bit of a risk for us to take this particular way, but people get them. Yep. And, uh, and you know, you'll be able to educate yourself. Um, that's one of, the, one of the main things here is understand the economy, understand monetary, you know, monetary systems, why they work, how they work, what makes it happen. I mean, when you when you watch what's going on, you know, in, in Washington, D.C., you'll then understand what the game is. You know, it, it, it this whole left-right paradigm is just a diversion. And, and people think that, you know, if, hey, if I'm a Democrat, I'm on the right side of the fence. If I'm a Republican, I'm on the right side of the fence. If I'm a Libertarian, I'm on the right side of the fence, and yada, yada, yada. The whole bottom line is, is that if you don't do something about this, dishonest money issue it doesn't matter what party you're you're joining or you know you, you have to stop this 
the United States people have to stop this process. You know, that's that's why Ron Paul is so adamant about H.R. 1207. I mean, auditing the Fed is going to put a light on what's going on over there. And uh, and and for the Fed to, to try to conceal it even makes it more apparent that we yeah. have to stop this thing. So, it, I mean, I you know, you, you look at what's going on in the world, and I, all, all I can say is that, you know, take the time to educate yourself. Learn this information. You know, learn about what, you know, how money is created, why a fiat system is going to drive not only you into debt, but every every person in in the entire United States and and your future generations. You know, you just don't stand a chance. Ted, I'm glad you've uh, I'm glad you've made that book uh, Dishonest Money available. Sounds like a great deal. That's available at gold.freetalklive.com. Also, all the wonderful uh, products that we've been talking about here are currently uh, still available. The, the 20 francs, uh, the British sovereigns, uh, the, the different silver items, the Lakota, which I still have yet to actually uh, lay my eyes on. I'm, uh, I'm in person. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just trying to. Uh, I need to assess my space and see uh, see if I can go and place an order myself as well. Because I do have a I do have a lot of silver, and I've been buying some gold. My my last gold purchase was from Midas Resources, and your salesmen are great. Um, I I think I I think I talked to Jim uh, over there is what his name was, and he was so very friendly, very knowledgeable, very helpful. So if you are you know if you got if you've got questions, uh, dial in at eight seven seven eight five seven ninety nine thirty eight about the products and what's available. Uh, that's a great way to uh to get those answered yeah sure is well um thanks a lot and i you know the the this honest money the reason i like that i think that the the creature from jekyll island is a great book but it's a very large long book and it, it might be difficult for some people to digest mm-hmm. i like the dishonest money because it's a much shorter book and it lays everything out with bullet points and um it makes it clear to you You'll walk away after having read the, I don't know how many pages it is, I don't have one sitting here in front of me, but maybe 170 pages or whatever, and you will understand how the Federal Reserve System works. I walked away with a far more complete understanding. I was uh, you know, happy at the same time uh, dejected because, A, I understood how it worked, and, B, I understood how it worked. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's very bad news what's going on with the Federal Reserve, but the, the good news is that you can do something about it. You can protect it. yourself. Yeah, and your, your family at the same time. So uh, that the way to do that is by going to silver.freetalklive.com and, and buying some uh, silver or gold there. Great. Ted, any other words for our listeners tonight? No, I just, uh, again, I, I, I can't. Mark said it right right from the very start there. I mean, the, to, un, to educate yourself, to understand the monetary system, you can start making good choices at that point. Uh, the offers that I'm putting up on the website are always going to be the best possible deals that I can offer. I'll keep looking for new and better ways to do this. Hopefully we've got a button up there where you can just put your credit card on it and order your things and have it on a layaway basis. And uh, and honestly, I just appreciate what you guys are doing. I, I tell you, just one other thing that I'll add in. There was a fill-in host for Rush Limbaugh the other day when I was I hopped on my motorcycle. I have a motorcycle, and I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about the Free State Project. It was Walter Williams, and yeah. And I just thought, oh, I can't believe this is coming out of Rush Limbaugh's show. It yep. wasn't Rush himself, but it was the fill-in host, and uh, he really shed a positive light on it. So I just wish all you guys great luck on that one. 
Well, thank you, Ted. It's always good having you on. Uh, as you know, we've got our, we're recording this, so uh, we've got to get out to showtime, and uh, listeners can go to gold.freetalklive.com to order, uh, to order gold and silver directly right there on the website, or use the layaway plan, 877-857-9938. That's 877-857-9938. Great way to help yourself, help your family, protect your, uh, protect your, uh, your assets, and at the same time, Free Talk Live benefits plus uh, Midas Resources, uh, the seller, the vendor, you, Ted, is uh, you're the man behind producing, helping produce Free Talk Live. Uh, and many other a myriad of uh, pro-liberty shows. So thank you, Ted. Got to get out uh, on to on the air. So thanks for your time tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, sir. All right. That's uh, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. And again, don't forget to go to gold.freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.